What's up, people? And thank you so much for listening in this episode of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. I am really psyched to do today's show, Kendall. Um, I don't know what it is. I guess maybe the whole summer league situation. We've had a lot of these young cats finally getting out there. We're getting our first looks at these guys and anything close to what resembles an NBA game. And we have a lot of hot takes to kind of decipher through. We have an interesting way of how we're going to do that on this show. So I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, also, I feel like the uh, the the pre-production slash just family conversations we had before the show were extra spicy, and <laughs> spicy in a way that I can't remember a more a less a more spicy uh, pre-production family conversation before a show uh, that I've had since we've been doing this podcast. And I, I'm hoping that I didn't uh, you know shoot my best shots before we came on the air. It's like I tell you before that the pre and post podcast sometimes are the best podcasts that we don't record. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, There's some stuff that we're gonna talk about today that won't uh, that we talked about today won't even get on the show yeah, that were exactly. interesting. All yeah. sports related. Yeah, uh, but hopefully some of those conversations will translate. So, and we'll have more stuff that we weren't able to get to that we'll be getting to uh, on this show. So that should be fun. Yeah, there's some stories that we actually haven't even been able to touch on that's been kind of going on ongoing really for the last few weeks that we're gonna talk about regarding football. And then we got the Major League Baseball All-Star uh, roster that came out this week. And I'm particularly spicy about one player being off uh, the roster for the American League. I think you guys can all probably guess who I think that is. And uh, and it's going to be a really fun show. I'm excited to talk about it. So let's get right to it, Kendall. And let's begin with what I talked about before, which is the NBA Summer League. A lot of excitement happening in Vegas as uh, it really was interesting to me, Kendall, was how uh, the sports world, especially the basketball world, really has kind of really just completely, what's the word I'm trying to find, like just uh, embraced this summer league thing as a thing that's just, that's relevant, that is going to be talked about. That is a part of really the NBA season, and I think it it's began a part of the sports calendar. Yeah, it began last year. I feel it's been getting there. Last year was the epitome when we saw like Laker games sold out to watch Lonzo ratings yeah. through the roof, and it seems like I was wondering if that would continue into this year, and it clearly has. And I don't know if we're going backwards. I think this is going to be how it is. I don't think that this year. I don't think this year was as hot as last year. Because it no, couldn't be no as hot as last year. Yeah, Lonzo was crazy with um, everything. But, I mean, it, this year was way bigger than the year before Lonzo. Yeah. You know, like, it set a precedent of it'll never go back to the way it was. Um, but I remember if you talked about Summer League, you were like a nerd. Yeah. Like, people when I talked about Summer League, people just didn't take me seriously. Yeah. And I talked about Summer League every year because I, I watch all basketball all the time. Right, right, right. Um... And a lot of that has to do with, I mean, the draft is getting more popular also, I think. Uh, we're getting more savvy in terms of knowing these prospects and stuff for a longer period of time. Um, even though guys aren't staying in college, we're more savvy of these guys coming out of high school and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly fun. Um, next year will be the real litmus, litmus test, assuming next year's draft isn't as good as, as we expect it to be. Um, if people are really watching next year, then it will be a, then it will show you. Oh yeah, the summer league is just really big, and that's just the way it's going to be for the rest of the decade. I think the growth of the digital age is a great reason why that is. I think basketball has proven uh, 
it's a close it's close with football but i think basketball has proven to be the best sport to watch on twitter so to speak to be on twitter and watching basketball with other people the reactions live reactions to things are just better i think people also understand the game the intricacies of the game better than other sports and also highlights are more easy or easier to watch obviously. easier to watch on twitter you know, or just, just on YouTube, YouTube you know, yeah, like, that just, yeah, exactly. If I wanted to see Trey Young's highlights, I can go on YouTube and find every shot that he made. I can't necessarily do that in the NFL. Is so that because the NFL just doesn't care? That like, is just like hardcore on like their rights being used, or do they? Just I feel like NFL.com does have some highlight packages. I think they've gotten better with that, but it's not nearly. Uh, I do think like anybody really can do NBA videos. We do NBA videos, yeah, and we haven't been sued yet. Knock on wood. You know. <laughs> If you're listening, uh, Adam Silver, don't, we'll don't find me. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, I do agree with that though, because you see that cor- that market has not really been cornered at all. The NFL highlight guy, the NFL, I'm gonna pull highlights from every NFL yeah. game. And baseball has no value on on the internet. Yeah, no, nobody. Which cares. is, I think, an underrated factor in tough, what man. people may look at as a demise right now. Like I was, I was watching the Giants. I talked about the MLB draft a couple months ago, or like last month. Yeah. You know, Giants had the number two pick, so I was interested. I wanted to watch some of these guys tape. It's hard. It's hard to find like highlights of guys in, in baseball. It's just hard. Yeah, it's, like, it's like non-existent. It, 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 you know, like pitchers is a little more doable, but even then, it's like you're just watching pitch after pitch after pitch. Uh, with batters, unless they're hitting home runs like forty plus, fifty plus, it's it's also very tough. So, um. Basketball is most conducive for that. It, it, we were trying to figure out how to really tackle the whole summer league thing. We're kind of nearing the end here. They're beginning the playoffs now. Um, I'm sure we'll have a little more to talk about next week, but this is going to be the crux of our summer league coverage. And Kendall, to his credit, came up with a great idea of how we're going to do this. You know, summer league is, I think it's kind of become a great haven for the overreaction to what we see. Um, because it's the only basketball we have, it's only since there's no uh, relevant international ball this summer, it's the only basketball we will have until training camp rolls around. So people are very excited what we're seeing. And because of that, um, people are making very bold statements about these 18, 19 year old kids in games against other 18, 19 year old kids or NBA rejects or international G League type players. <laughs> and, uh, and and those statements are pretty interesting. And we also probably are uh, guilty of those statements as well over the years. Everyone is because it's Summer League. Um, so I think kind of like a good way to look at it. And we're going to try to take real statements made by media folk. And we're going to judge whether or not it is an overstatement, overreaction or... I don't know what the other thing was. It's, or it's if it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Overreaction or fair. I think that's the way we're going to uh, do this. Now, this means this whole segment is not meant to shade anyone in the media or anyone we mention. It's purely just a representation of what we're seeing on the or internet. Our personal opinion. Yeah, it's our personal opinion. And it's also not to shade anyone in that we mentioned who made a point. It's just their points represent a lot of people's points. And we just want to make sure that by attaching it to someone who said this, that it has some credence that these are things people are saying. We're not taking some like Yahoo in his basement yeah. who's just saying something and then saying, oh, this is what people are saying. Like these are basketball folk who are making these possible overreaction statements. I think this should be cool. Are you ready to do this, Kendall? Let's begin with number one. 
Let's start with my man, Kevin Knox, New York Knicks. I can't help but be super excited for this cat. So I'm interested to see what Kendall thinks about this statement from Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. Shout out to Kevin O'Connor. Cool. He seems like a cool dude. I respect his stuff. Uh, he wrote an article that centered around the idea. And the Ringer ended up tweeting this. And O'Connor tweeted that the Knicks may have found their second star in Kevin Knox. Kendall, is that an overreaction or is that fair? I think, see, star is a very general term. They, he's not, he's, it's fair in the sense that they found their second building block to build their team around. Um, it's an overreaction to say that Knox will be an all-star or that Knox will be a superstar and that Knox will be a, a franchise player. Well, and again, it's tough. Like he might be their franchise player now, but like he's he's gonna be a cornerstone. But will that be the right thing? That's something we won't know until we see him actually play NBA games. You know, like like last year, like the the Magic came in, and even now, Jonathan Isaac's like a cornerstone guy for them. Um, but. Is he going to ever be an all-star? I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk about Jonathan Isaac a little later. Yes, but, he is part of this. Uh, <laughs> this, this but um, so I'll say it's, it's fair in the sense that the Knicks have found their second guy next to Porzingis that they're going to build around. They still need to find one more guy, whether that's Kyrie Irving, whether that's Durant, whether that's uh, R.J. Barrett next year's draft, whoever that is. Um, We've seen R.J. Barrett is a favorite of Joe Button. Oh, yeah, Joe Button. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Joe Button. He, he, he's very, very, very excited about Selling the Selling cancer, just not to mess up the, the R.J. Barrett sweepstakes, yeah, apparently. Yeah, I know. Um, so it, I, I, I do agree that they have found their second building block um, and that Kevin Knox has the potential to be that guy. Uh, but I can't guarantee for a fact that Knox will be a star player. Uh, it's just tough. I mean, Stanley Johnson, I remember his first summer league. I was, I was singing a lot of my own. I was, I was patting myself on the back, saying I, I, I was so right on Stanley Johnson. I was all over Stanley yeah. Johnson being a superstar, and guy got worse, ever yeah. since. Oh, yeah. he, he, I mean, he's he's regressed ever since the summer league. Apparently, his first summer league, second summer league, he was trash. Rookie year, he was all right. Second year, he was trash. I mean, I can't tell you what he did this year because Detroit was. Did so he play? He played in summer league. Second year? No, this year. No, no, no. Oh, no, I'm about to say. No, that would have been going bad. for that Nate Robinson. That would have been bad. <laughs> Nate Robinson lifetime achievement. I, I think Stanley Johnson would have looked good in the summer league had he played. I, I would hope. Uh, is this an overreaction? The, the Stanley reaction, the Stanley Johnson conundrum is very confusing to me why he's. He needs a second team, man. Yeah. Somebody's got to sell. Somebody's got Hopefully somebody can buy. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not selling. I've not, just like I didn't sell my stock on Zonia, I've not sold my stock on Johnson quite yet. I, I always like it's, to see. It's, it's that, is that a, is that such, it's probably like for free, basically. Like it, yeah. It's worth nothing. I always fine. like to say, I got to see these guys on the second team. Like Julio Okafor, we saw on a second team, he was just as bad. Did we really see him? Well, that's true. <laughs> he but just was, he just we saw was, him in a he second, was on the second team's bench. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we saw him in a second situation. And it was just as horrific. So I, I'm out on Julio. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Hazonia, I got to see in a second situation in New York. Stanley Johnson, I got to see in a second. Moutier, we saw in a second situation. In, oh, I was out on him yeah. in Denver. We saw him in a second situation <laughs> in New York. It ain't looking too it's good. It's not looking too great. <laughs> so that's the thing with Stanley Johnson. Is hopefully, once he gets out of Detroit, we'll have a better idea. Same with Justice Winslow. Um, 
I don't think I think this is a fair statement. I think you're underestimating how massive this statement is, though, uh, because the Knicks are about when you, when you suggest that the Knicks have found their second star, it means you're you're linking him to Porzingis. And well, if you're thinking of what the Knicks fans or the Knicks outlook on Porzingis is, is that he is an All NBA caliber player in the future, maybe even now. If he didn't get hurt, he could have been All Third Team, maybe. Um, so when you say that they found their second star, that suggests that they found a player, to me, at least in that, how I take that statement, that they found a player who is comparable to him. Not as good, but like now the Knicks can, because you mentioned Jonathan Isaac, like, and we'll, again, we'll talk about him later. Like, you made the case he could be their second star, but like we all understand that the Magic don't have a first star. Like they're they're building from nothing. I guess the better name so when would you be say like, like second star next to Porzingis, like, it's suggesting that you're building towards a team that's really good. Like the better name the second would be star like, is not going to be a oh average guy. Like it's think, be a star like player. think about like Josh Jackson, who's playing next to Devin Booker. See, that's different to me though. Like, do do does Phoenix have now? Phoenix probably sour on Josh Jackson a little bit. They have DeAndre Ayton, so it's a little different. But. Like, does Phoenix have another star in Josh Jackson that they, especially when they drafted him, that they were building around? What's interesting is, uh, to answer that question, I guess no, right? Well, now they have well, Aiden now. Well, yeah, now they have Aiden, I would say no. Now Josh Jackson is just another guy that hopefully... But that's kind of the point. Is when that, they drafted him, they hoped that he would be an all-star. But I think the point is that they're saying this about Nas because of how he's played, not because of his status. Right. Like, Jackson true. never earned that status. Yeah, you're right. He right. was drafted and they hoped that and it never happened. Yeah. They're saying based on how he's played, he's, Knox is headed to that status and that to me suggests something greater than maybe what you're suggesting. And also another which thing. Which I still think is fair and I'll get to that in a second but go ahead. Is when you look at the Knicks organization, when you're saying that they have a star in Kevin Knox, I mean, one was, I mean, they had Carmelo who was obviously a star. Yeah. They had Amari Stoudemire who was a star. Yeah. I mean, was Barberry a star? For like a hot minute, he might have been a star. It's a good question. Yeah, I would say so. He was a Knicks star player. Like, if I was, I try to think like, <laughs> I thought about how would I write this if in, on in New York one he was doing something about anything. I had to write about stuff from Barberry for some reason. It was, star. it was two thousand. It was two thousand five. Or I would oh, say, yeah. if it was two thousand five, I would, I would definitely say Knicks star is stuff from Barberry. And so like. He would call himself that. I'll tell you that oh, much. He put it on his shoe. <laughs> the trash made, shoes. He's made money off of it. Yeah. Uh, but not as much as he could have. So that Steph deserves respect to that. Shout out to Stephon Marbury. He could have paid get he could have spent he did the anti Lavar he did the anti Lavar uh concept. Um, I know. Probably wasn't the smartest thing. It was it though? I think it I think it's worked out better for him than maybe we give people have given him did credit it for. Work out better than Big Baller brand. I'd say Starberry's brand is definitely greater than Big Baller brand right now. Well, it's bigger, yeah. That's the whole China thing. But I just meant in terms of like sales, like initial sales, like that's how much money did you I would, make? I don't. He probably. I I would say in, in New York City, without question. I mean, he sold more shoes, but I mean, fifteen dollars shoes versus five hundred dollars shoes. Did the money make up? Did he? Right. Levar might have ended up. There's a mathematical thing yeah. there that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it may not have made sense. Right. But he certainly sold more shoes than the. I mean, see, like, like has anyone ever realized? I don't know if anybody's made the case, but isn't Levar just doing the Kanye business model? model? Which is really just like the fashion business model. Like Kanye's not doing anything new with his Yeezy line. 
It's just, just make these mad expensive. Put it, put like a, a urban quote unquote face on it, and people will buy it. Rich people will buy it, and even people who can't afford it may buy it. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And a lot, a lot of these guys run in the same circles. I'm sure. He yeah, knows. Oh, he knows Kanye. Yeah, Kanye was playing basketball with his son at UCLA. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he he's. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's. May have even had that discussion. I'm almost positive he he has talked to Kanye West. <laughs> yeah, very. That, that would, I would be love to be a fly on the wall in that conversation. I know, right? I think we all would. But my point being though about Knox is that like the Knicks haven't had that many stars. You know, like you can probably count on one hand in the last decade how many stars they've the last two decades really, how many stars they've had. Yeah. And so to bring in Kevin Knox would be a franchise change. Like the Celtics, when we drafted Jason Tatum, like have the Celtics found another star in Jason Tatum. Yeah. Who cares? Like we already got Kyrie or well, I mean, not at the time, but we have Kyrie, we've had Paul Pierce, KG, like you name a bunch of them in the last yeah. five years that have been stars. Rondo, it's nothing new. It's more something more. It's more significant, impactful, and significant with the Knicks finding a second star where it seems like it's a franchise in New focus. York as uh, on top of everything. Uh, this Knox thing to me is real. Uh, I think that this guy, not Stanley Johnson, is what you say. No, I don't think this is Stanley yeah. Johnson. Um, this kid. What's exciting about this kid is, I think he could have played better. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like some like the like the biggest thing has been if there's any knock has been the efficiency numbers. Feel like he had a really miserable outing against the Celtics. Um, and it feel he ran into Semi Ojale. Oh, yeah, here we go. I knew my match to the Celtics. He was gonna yeah, say something crazy out of there. pocket. Semi Ojale was locking up Giannis okay. in the playoffs, yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, he was locking up Giannis. I'm just Giannis average thirty in the playoffs. He was locking him up. Okay. Man. Um, but like, the, if there's anything to knock, it's the efficiency. And to me. A lot of that he was missing shots he could make. He was missing like open threes or like threes that, if he practices more, he's gonna. Knock he's gonna out. work on that stuff. Yeah. Like, it, I didn't see anything. Like the only shots that I saw, okay, something he obviously really needs to work on. Like, he doesn't use his left hand enough. He takes a lot of really contested floaters because he doesn't have the low body strength to like power through contact. Those are things that are gonna be issues in the NBA. Like, those, we're gonna see those issues with the Knicks. But like, those are fixable, but just not in one year. The whole making shots that are wide open because you're nervous. That he's though that's I'm not worried. The, about. the most impressive thing to me about Knox is the physical skills are there, obviously, and that's nice. But we've seen guys like that before. But what's more impressive is I think the way he's wired uh, and his mentality seems like he seems like he. You can even see watching him now from where he was at Kentucky that he's a better player. Watching, especially you watch him now from day one when he was at Kentucky. If you watch him when he was in high school, he's present, he's progressively gotten better. Does not seem Hollywood at all, so I'm not worried about him playing in New York. Um, I I think this is gonna end up being a good fit. He seems like a work a hard worker that wants to be really really good. Um, sort of in that Jason Tatum mold in terms of mindset. So I, if I were a Knicks fan, I would be excited. Six foot nine. Decent to very good, decent to good handles. Um, well, I say good handles for what he's trying to do. He needs to get better for what he, how he plays, but like for what he's trying to do is like a real six nine three man who can handle and drive. Like he's got good handles for, and at yeah, he's, he's doing pick and roll stuff. Yeah, I would say he has a good handle, um, a shot that's that's really good that's gonna get that better. Touch, yeah. Um, 
I mean, the guy's athleticism is is crazy. I mean, he gets an open floor, and uh, some of these plays we've seen Giannis do over the last few years, like we're gonna see Knox do those same yeah, things. Man, that's what I've been saying. Well, like, he's not gonna jump over Tim Hardaway, uh, but he may. They're on the same team. He's gonna have eighty-two opportunities to do it. That's true. But, <laughs> There's a jump ball or something. Who knows? But, it wouldn't uh, shock me if it happened. No, yeah, Giannis has been my comparison for Knox for a while. Uh, in terms of a physical standpoint. But, you know, now people are starting to get more hip to his athleticism. Which Yeah, some of these two-handed dunks where he's jumping off two feet is just... I, it's a I weird, say put on the West Virginia. It's a weird comparison, but it almost reminds me of, like, Derrick Rose. Like, those two-footed, two-handed dunks where, he, like... Just he's just exploding from like the middle of the paint, and you're just like, there's no reason <laughs> he should be able to get off his feet that quickly. Just, that high. The, the, it's just the length. Of yeah, the and then he's six nine. You know. So imagine that. Like, he's impressive. I, I I can't be. I mean, if you're a Nick fan, you can't. Like, I don't hear nobody jump. say anything about Michael yeah. Porter anymore. Oh yeah, we <laughs> that, that's that's Michael over with. No uh, way, Porter was just good. Yeah, no way. Not I mean, not even if he was. Like healthy enough to get out there, which I think he probably was healthy enough to get out there, just not. He ain't. He wasn't gonna play like he that. Otherwise, he would have been out there. Yeah, you basically. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, the the Michael Porter Kevin Knox debate is over, for all I'm concerned. Which may be a bold statement. Maybe that's an overreaction. Yeah, <laughs> you, you be that. the judge. That's the that's the theme of this show right now. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, shout out to Dave King, uh, Suns writer, SB Nation. He's been on the show. We love him, of course. But uh, he did have a, a hot take that we're going to we're gonna put on this show. So he said, quote, I don't care what people say about Aiden, DeAndre Aiden, or Devin Booker's ability to play winning basketball versus playing for just stats. I am 100% convinced uh, these two, along with Kokoskov's coaching, will be the reasons the Suns will win 50 games within the next two seasons. Kendall, overreaction or fair statement? <sighs> That is a overreaction, EJ. You know, like you said, we like Dave King. You know, good guy. We had him on the show. I Aiden looked better than I expected. Remember, I was I went from a guy I loved Aiden when I first saw him play to like I was down on Aiden come draft time. I think it was maybe because I thought Doncic should have been number one, and the Aiden love seemed un, uh, unreasonable. But uh. As we, as, but when I watched him in the summer league, I realized like, yeah, I was probably a little too hard on Aiden, and I'm not. I'm still not off though. My biggest thing about Aiden coming on coming into the draft was, I think he has a chance to be really good, but he's not going to impact winning. Now I don't know if he'll ever impact winning, and uh, even in his prime. Why is that? Like I think I don't think I've really ever gotten. Maybe I haven't asked you that, but I feel like I I never I really haven't even in our conversation off air gotten a full good vibe as to why you feel he can't impact winning certainly now is it because he's just a center well that's that's a big part of it i I talked about if you look at any center in the league right now give me one guy that no matter what team he's on is gonna be on a playoff team that's a good point closest guys Embiid, and before simmons got there his team was trash now obviously he was was playing it was on a minimum restriction yeah they were a good team so Embiid's the closest guy and I don't think Aiden's Embiid, but, like, Towns was great as a rookie. His team was trash for two years sure. before they got Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler hates playing with Towns now, apparently. Uh, 
Boogie he was on Sacramento for you know seven years. They were trash forever. And he was the best big in the league yeah. for like four years. It was, they were terrible. Yeah. Um, I can go through every good big man in the league, and none of them are on good teams. It feels like all. And look at all the best teams in the league. None of them have great big men. The best one that we saw in the Final Four was Al Horford. He does impact winning, but at the same time, if I put Al Horford on a trash team, they're not gonna be great. You know what I mean? So that's where I look at, um, DeAndre Ayton, and I say, look, guy doesn't pr- protect the rim. He needs paint touches. That stuff just isn't con- conducive to winning basketball games, especially if you're trying to develop a young player like that. Mm-hmm. Like if, if we're talking prime Ayton, maybe he develops other parts of his game. Maybe becomes a better rim protector. Maybe he's so good in the post that it's just a high percentage shot. But I don't think eight next year is going to win you 40, 50 games. So that's where I disagree. I think this is a little closer than you're making it. I think the, I think the, And 50 wins in two seasons in the well, Western Conference. I was, gonna, I, was, I was just going to say, I think the issue why I'm going to agree and say this is an overreaction is the timeline. The timeline, the timeline isn't even as crazy as it may look only because I think the West isn't, is primed for a massive shakeup. It's already had a massive shakeup. But I think that now the fallout from the massive shakeup is imminent. You think guys are going to be running? Yes. I don't even know if guys will be running. I think that there will be there will be either teams, either teams that are good in the West now will get worse because they give their good players to the Lakers, or um, teams will realize that there's really no point in competing against the Warriors right now, and maybe the Lakers end up being that number two team. So like, why like we need to like we should just start dumping these guys and like rebuild. Some of these teams are finding that out already. The the Clippers, I think, are beginning that process now, and they're they're going to start it off with a, a really nice rookie who we'll talk about in this segment as well. Uh, so I I think if they did it in three or four, that wouldn't shock me. Two, it's a big jump. They were the worst team in the NBA this year. Fifty wins. I mean, to me, like if you ask me how many wins do they get next year, if they got anything more than thirty five, that would shock me. That would shock me. I'm that gonna would leave mean it there. that Aiden and Booker are both like all like, they, off if they get more than thirty five wins this year, they could get fifty and two. Like that would like that's how shocking that would be. I'd be like, well, they're way closer than I thought they were. Now, like it really could just be uh, a free agent signing or something, well, yeah, that's a trade that really changed the team. You know, like they, they if you were talking like moves, like let's say they decide to package all these guys, not named Booker and Aiden, and get Kawhi, which is certainly possible. Now, I mean, it's a totally different conversation. Right. But I just can't see these guys being the two best players on a 50-win team in the next two years. I can't see either the West, I think, for the next at least two years will still be very tough. I mean, remember when... The the, the, the Lakers... I mean, excuse me, not the Lakers. Uh, the, the Warriors were the only team besides the Rockets who won more than 50 in the West this year. Yeah. The third team, the Blazers, I think, had like 48 or 47 wins. Yeah, right. Like, the West is... is the West is a bloodbath. It's a gauntlet, man. So, the idea any team, you could be very good and not get 50 wins in the West. So, the the timeline is tough. The number of wins is tough. I think they could be good in two years, possibly. But I can't say, I think to say that they 100% will have 50 wins in the next week, I can't go that far. There's too many good players in the West now. There's too many good teams in the West. I don't think Minnesota is just going to, like, poof away. Denver is coming. We know the Lakers are going to be a playoff team now. Um, 
Utah is going to be a factor. I mean, that's that's at least four or five teams that I think will be better than the Suns in the next five years. I didn't even mention the Thunder, who I have to say are better than them. They have Paul George and Westbrook right now. Yeah, exactly. So that's six teams. The seventh seed is not getting 50 wins, even if they make the playoffs. Like, this, like the, the Suns are seventh in that area, which I think would be a big jump for them. No, I don't think but would, that's still not 50 wins. I don't think it would be crazy to say to that he's convinced that this is a playoff team within the next two years. That's like, I still think it's an overreaction, but not insane. 50 wins seems impossible. Um, unless Aiden and Booker are, I mean, Booker is already close to a transcendent talent. Aiden has to also be that guy. He's got to be an NBA Towns like figure, and maybe that's what he thinks he is. I'm not there yet. What I will say I, about Aiden's game is that I have been very impressed with him in the summer league. The most impressive thing to me has been how well his strengths have so far translated. In that's the NBA. What, I mean, that's the thing. The Aiden, the Aiden thing is if like you liked what you saw from college. Aiden's you're everything seeing it, it in the summer league. Yeah, it's every, Aiden's everything we thought he would be. You know, just and that's a very good sign. That's a good sign. He's got number one pick in the draft. Like some of you guys are showing stuff they didn't see, they didn't show. Some of you guys are showing less than what they showed in college. The but, one thing about Aiden's game, I never mentioned it because maybe I was just too shook to say it on wax, so to speak. But I, I wasn't Aiden bullied guys in college. He made guys look very small. Yeah, with how he just threw guys around, and I, I never verbalized it. Because I wasn't sure, and I thought maybe it was a crazy take. I was kind of unclear how much he'd be able to throw his weight around in the paint, like the way he did in college. And he's throwing his weight, he's throwing these guys around in some leagues like they're gnats. Like he, we'll he, see if he's doing that like, in the league. But and like it's not gonna be it, like, but the fact that okay, that's one step up, and still no issue. He's still the biggest guy on the court, still bodying everybody. He's still grabbing rebounds. He's still a force in the paint. That's a good sign that there's only one more step above what right. he could be playing, and he's already doing it with no problems in summer league. So that's a plus for Aiden. And also, I like that Aiden was getting better and better and better. Yes, every game he got better pretty much. Uh, you got to like that. Um, let's go to uh, Twitter. The NBA Twitter shows Nate Duncan, also for the Dunked On podcast. Again, shout out to him. He says, Wendell Carter Jr. is so much better than Marvin Bagley right now. It's ridiculous. Kendall, is that an overreaction or a fair statement? That's a tough one, man. That's a scolding hot take from Mr. Duncan. I'm going to say it is factual. And I'm sad to report, man. Because, I mean, I was high on both these guys coming out. Bagley, I was high on. Which is weird, cause it's yeah. You were high on Bagley. It's weird to be high on Bagley and Carter, cause they're like totally different players, totally different prospects. Carter was like the nerds prospect of like, oh, he fits perfectly in the league. He's switchable on defense. The modern NBA is like Al Horford light. Um, which yeah, I, analy- I don't. I never loved the numbers were very positive. Yeah, towards, analytics. Towards you know, Carter. You know, he got. You know, he got a uh, outshined by Bagley. Um, and Bagley's like the complete opposite, you know, like no reason to believe he can translate to the NBA, no jumper, no shooting potential, no length. Terrible defender. Terrible defender, no rim protection. Carter's a great rim protector. 
<laughs> so all the things leaned, oh, Carter, at least to, and from the nerd perspective. But if you just eye test, if you watch Duke, like, Bagley's amazing. Yeah. Bagley's 2010. If you're a college basketball fan, you're like, Bagley's way better than Carter. I, I watch all of Duke's games, and Bagley's better. Um, so I I liked both guys, though, because I, I saw both arguments. I'm like, look, both these guys are going to be good, just in different ways. Carter looks good in every way I thought he would be good. Bagley looks bad for anybody that thought Bagley was going to be bad. And a lot of people that thought Bagley were going to be bad were the those same, you know, basketball analytics guys that thought Carter was great. You know, it just yeah. didn't... And, like, even you, you would say, like, I don't know how Bagley really scores in the league. And that's... To say that. He looks really lost offensively in the NBA right now. Can't shoot. Um... Not a great finisher on the basket because he can only use one hand. Yeah. Uh, he's a great athlete, but that's it. And he's not like he's going to – he's not a great rim protector. Not, I mean, he's not a good de- defensive player. So he's one side of the floor, and that one side of the floor, he's very inefficient and limited. So where's the special about Marvin Bagley? The rebounding hasn't really translated as dominant as I thought it would as well. That's been a little surprising. Um they play him. They've been playing him at the five. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. Playing next to Harry Giles. I'm gonna say this is an overreaction. Uh, I have not been as high on Bagley as other people. Not because I didn't think he could put up numbers. Just it. I think your your some of the stuff you're talking about with Aiton is how I feel about Bagley. But like even strongly, that I really have major questions about how he impacts wins and if he does reach his potential in some ways. Uh. But I'm going to say this is an overreaction because I think that um, with big men, it's extremely important who is giving them the ball and who is playing the point. And really, who else is on the team? And the the, the Kings, in the first game, when they had uh, Fox getting in the rock, he looked Bagley looked awesome. Yeah. Since Fox uh, stepped away when he proved that there was no reason for him to be out there in the first place, Bagley has massively struggled. And a lot of that is because I think he's had to kind of create more out of nothing. Uh, and I think that's been part of the reason why he struggled a little bit. And Wendell Carter is a more skilled player. I think that if you knew basketball, you would have known that already. Like, that's not anything new. Yeah. We know he shoots better. We know he has a better post game. And it's weird. We know he's more polished. Because, like... Those are all, those are all things, if you were paying attention, you knew. Some people, like, if you would have asked out of high school... Bagley would have been the more skilled player. And, like, skilled is a weird word because, like, I would say Bagley has more, like, guard skills. Like, he can dribble, he, you know, he's right. fluid, yeah. like, that kind of stuff. But Wendell Carter, even though he's not ever going to play point for you, like, like Julius Randle. He has more transferable skills that make sense for him. Yeah, like, he can shoot, and he's got a good post game and a high basketball IQ, and, like he, like you said, more is more translatable, yeah. more transferable for his position. Um, like Julius Randle, even though he dribbles like a point guard, isn't really that skilled because he can't really do much besides dribble and pass. But like his shooting is so grotesque. Shooting is bad. His finishing no is, real post game. Yeah, like that kind of stuff is like only one handed finisher <laughs> with right. Bagley really reminds me of Julius Randle. Like that's kind of the guy he's been playing like. Mm-hmm. And Randle, it took like three years, three four years to figure out how to be. Yeah. A positive he really didn't player. figure it out until the second half of this season. Yeah, until when like, the contract the contract situation year, they were benching. It me. looked like he wasn't going to be back. He really had to turn it on to get the money he got this offseason, and he did. So great for him. 
And I always, I mean, I, Randall always seemed like the worst case scenario for Bagley, and that's really what he's been right now. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been a great look, but I say it's an overreaction because I think that it, Bagley's one of those guys where he's going to need someone to give him the rock. And if Luckily, he doesn't have that, he's, he's play, be, when he's playing with, like, other non-NBA guys, I think he's not going to look that good. Are you, uh, are you blasting Frank Mason? Frank Mason is who, he, is who he is. I have no disrespect to Frank Mason. He's a decent player, but even Frank Mason's like not really a real point guard to me. He's like a scorer, you know. So I I I I can't go jump out the window for Frank Mason and say, well, that's no excuse for bad. Credit to Carter. He didn't need. I mean, he had Ryan Archie. He's a more talented. He's a more skilled player, but I can't say he's. It's he's saying he's much better. And I, I, in some ways, I kind of get it, but I don't get. I, I the reason why I say it's an overreaction because if the circumstances were different, it wouldn't look that much better. So you're telling me if the Knicks had a chance to get one of those two guys, you'd rather have Bagley? Uh, still, yeah, I'd still rather have Bagley. Uh, man, I feel the Celtics, man. You're taking I'd rather, Carter. I'd rather have Carter. Bagley, I don't know how he helps me, man. Can't shoot. The thing about Wendell Carter is he looks great. He's a fit in any situation. He looks great. It's hard to say anything bad about him without looking like a hater or like a a basketball, uh, what's the word, ne- like Neanderthal. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, he's such like a obvious, like, like a, he's a basketball uh, smark, like, just like, just just like favorite. Like, yeah. it's like saying, like, it's like a wrestling fan saying you don't like Kevin Owens. It's like, what is wrong with you? Like, right. are you really going to say something bad about Kevin Owens? Yeah. Like, I feel bad saying anything bad about him, but what I will say is I do think when he plays against more athletic guys in the end, I do want to see him do that against more athletic guys. That's all I'm going to say. Because I do think that his lack of athleticism could still be a little bit of an issue because he relies so heavily on skill that I at least want to see if some of these this offensive stuff he's doing can translate when he's playing against top-notch defenders. He's a perfect fit next to Lowry Marking. He's absolutely. Oh, that's why I love the pick. He's perfect. He's perfect. I mean, he's gonna get so much spacing. Like it's just gonna. It's just, and the Bulls couldn't have asked. The Bulls for are gonna better. be good next year. Like they're not. Gonna I kind of agree. They might. They might but, fight for a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, like they're not gonna win fifty games within the next two years. But <laughs> the Bulls are gonna be a fun team. Last year was Hoiberg's worst record, but I argue it was by far his best coaching job. Yeah, way better than the year before. Yeah. And he's been there for a while. It was more than just one year, right? He's been there for like two or three years. Yeah, I, think, I think last year might have been his third. Yeah, I, th- I think for his career. I think that this that last year, I thought he did a tremendous job with that team, especially how they started. Uh, I mean, when I look at – I mean, the other thing about Carter is that, like, he's just re- – he, I mean, he's going to be in that rookie of the year conversation, which we'll have a video on that. So I won't get too much into that, but he's a he's a sneaky candidate for rookie of the year. Team could be successful. He should pro- he should produce. What's he, your what's your stats on Carter next year? Uh, Quick projection. Uh, twelve and eight. That's around. I think I told Henry we were talking about that. I think I told him like thirteen and eight. No, oh, so we were like right on. That. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. If he does that, that's a great rookie year. Yeah, that's an all first team guy. But then <laughs> the question becomes, what do you think Bagley's gonna do next year? Yeah. After what you've seen. Bagley might be the same. But less efficient. No, mm. no blocks. Zero defense. No, yeah, exactly. 
It's gonna be like a, the most. I mean, the most disgusting. The, the more we talk about this, more it seemed like Nate was onto something. It'll be the most, uh, which is why you you're siding with him on this. Most I'm unfortunate thirteen and eight you'll ever see. <laughs> I mean, Julius Randle, I'm sure, is average 13 and 8. Nobody cared. Yeah, no, I, I think that's team. probably pretty much what he did last year. You know, last year, I think he, he last year I think he was at like 16 and 10 or something like that. He, like, he put up some real numbers last year. But that second half, he went crazy. Yeah, I mean, he was like 20 and 10 yeah. for most of last year. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, I think Bagley, I think you're looking at around 30. He's, they have nobody that's going to score on Sacramento. Sacramento's going to be so terrible next year. Yeah, Sacramento. Uh, they they, they will, guarantee they'll be the leaders in the RJ Barrett sweeps. Well, it, it, that's ball, that pick's going to Boston. Oh yeah, right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been. I've you got to hope it's not number one because then you don't get it. It ends going to Philly, man. That would be well, the darkest be? timeline. Man. Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't that RJ be a... Barrett playing with Ben Simmons? Yeah, we will have Star Wars in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. we'll have a super we'll team. Have Philly, Star Wars in, in the West and, and Star Trek in the East. <laughs> that would be. Oh well, I don't want to get Star Trek people mad. I was gonna yeah, say. I know. I, know, <laughs> I was yeah, gonna say. Yeah. I think that is the case. But if you yeah, think it's of, probably Star Trek. If you now. think of, if you take that away, you may feel like now, right now the Trekkies may be out for me. Right now, if we have Star Wars in the West, we got space balls in the East. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 what, that's what we got right now. Oh man. Um, let's move on. I got That's a really, really good line. Yeah, you gotta we take gotta, that one out. Yeah, we got. I gotta save that one. I wanted to have like a, a clip of like funny segments. I gotta start writing that down. Um. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. Anyway, uh, next one, The Ringer, uh, Jason Conception. Shout out to him. He's a Knicks fan, so always love. But uh, I am interested in what you guys say about this. It's too early to say Trey Young is a bust, but he has bust-like qualities. Is Jason Conception's tweet an overreaction or fair? It's, well... It's, 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 he's even quali- it's like it's interesting because he's even yeah. qualifying what he's saying yeah. that something about it could be over. That's why, yeah. That's what I mean. It's an interesting case study here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, can I say he's can I say he's wrong, but he's not overreacting? I don't think it's too early. Okay, to let's, let's 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 well, hear this. No, I won't, I won't go that far. Why not? He, he turned it around. You know, if you would ask me the week ago, I would have been like, <laughs> no, nah, he's wrong. He, it's not too early to call him a bust. Uh, which would have then I would have been wrong because then I now I'm saying it is too early to call him a bust. But yeah, I would say he, what he's saying is fair. I would say that it's too early to call him a bust because we haven't seen him play on the NBA level and he played well in the last couple of games. But man, I'm not hitching my team on the on the on the Trey Young wagon. I mean, I, I would hate to be the team that drafted that guy in the top five and traded Luka Doncic for him for an extra pick that won't be in the top five. That Doncic thing just sounds worse and worse every day. Even when he's playing well, it still sounds worse. Like the fact that they I mean, gave up on that. Maybe it's the Mark Cuban hype train. Maybe it's like he's definitely done a great job of marketing that pick for sure. I knew he would. I'm like, he's this is a perfect pick for marketing. He's been a marketing genius with how he's yeah. marketed this thing. That when Doncic hits the floor in Dallas, that place is going to go crazy. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be. I mean, it's going to be one of the bigger debuts. It's going to be like Shohei Otani in in baseball, where yeah. it's like, oh man, like. We're gonna have, we've been hearing about this guy for like two years now. We'll finally get to see him play. But Trey Young, man, I mean, inefficient. Even when he's good, inefficient. He, uh, just a, a chucker, no shot selection. Those are all the negatives. Well, there's probably more, but those are the main negatives. There are some positives. Why I won't write him off. Very good at drawing fouls. Uh, 
not not Harden esque, but and it's not like cheap foul. It's not like he's tricking the refs. He's just really good at getting guys good, to foul. Yeah, he's good ball control. He's such a dangerous shooter. You know, very savvy player. He just knows how to yeah, just get guys to bump into him and stuff. Yeah. Um, the other positive, very advanced passer. I mean, his passing level is it's it's an NBA starting point guard level. He's an NBA starting point guard level passer. So that alone will make him a, an NBA player. Um, I'm just not drafting that guy in the top five unless he's Steph Curry in terms of his jump shot. Right now, he hasn't been. Uh, or at least, not even Steph Curry. Steph Curry's an outlier. But Dame Lillard, you know, Steve Nash. Uh, just He's got to be a great shooter. Right now, he hasn't been a great shooter, so I, I'm out on Trey Young. Not completely out, but he, he's not the best point guard in this draft. He's not top two. What would be Trey Young's career track if he was a bust? I think that's Trey gonna Burke. that's gonna determine how I answer this question. Think, like, what do you mean? Like, what is the bar for him being good, Basically. or for him not being considered a bust? Like, he would have to be. Uh, he's got to be at least Dennis Schroeder, like like an eighteen point guy on a bad team. That like is a starting point guard on with any team. Well, if he's like Eric Gordon, like a bench guy, but like, like a, it's contributing. But, but like could be a six man yeah, year kind like, of guy. Yeah, but like the actual contributor. No, that's not a bust. Like I'm talking, like I think he might be I'm Austin just Rivers. Okay, so that would be a bust to you. Yeah, Austin Rivers. That's a bust. This is I, a, then this is an overreaction. He's better than Austin Rivers. Yeah. Um, I think. And I love the Austin Rivers, actually. You did. That was, one, that was one of your, yeah, that was one of your ones you were off on. Yeah, one of the ones I was off on. Jesus. Uh, it might be a bad omen. <laughs> you brought him up. I'm talking about I didn't Trey love Young. Austin Rivers, but I, I was I, I, I went, a sneaky at the time wanted the Celtics to get him. Only because of the whole Doc Rivers thing. Uh, fun. Austin, I liked Austin's size. And, and he plays so small. And he's not bad. Like, he's not even a bad player. Yeah, but he's it, a buff. Like, that's... All you want to talk about like basketball Neanderthal? The whole idea that Austin Rivers is terrible is pure basketball Neanderthal. Like he's decent. Yeah, he's just not a star or even a starter. Yeah. But he's not like a. Scrub. And he played for his dad, so people thought his right. Dad it, was keeping him. Yeah, in it's league. like Neanderthal thinking. Like I mean, his dad was really keeping him on a job. Well, his dad but, initially kept him in the league. Yeah, but then he earned his way on the team, and he earned the second contract. Now his dad definitely kept him on the team to the detriment of the team. Like yeah. They could have traded him yeah. for better players. Yeah, than exactly. Did. Yeah. But my point is that like the it's the basketball Neanderthal thinking of like he sucks. Like no, he he's a decent NBA player. He can have big games. Like he's he's just what he is. Yeah. He's I don't know same no no he's some other like generic backup point he's guard. Better than Jordan Crawford. Right. Yeah. He's yeah he's a decent guy. Or whatever. Anyway. Um. I must, the reason why, but when you bring up Austin Rivers and then saying, okay, that would be Trey Young's career path that he was a bust, then I'm, or, well, yeah, if he was a bust, I'm going to say that this, this this tweet is off because, and that is overreaction. Because to me, okay, you're saying it's too early to say he's a bust, so it's too early to go that far, but say he has bust-like qualities. I think even that statement is unfair because I need, I think Trey Young almost more than, almost any of these prospects to me, I think I really need to see him with good coaching. This guy was being coached by his coach in Utah. Hey, Lloyd mean? Pierce was coaching the Utah Summer League <laughs> team. And he looked worse. When they got the assistant, 
then, <laughs> then he actually started to play a little better. Now, I'm not saying that's an indictment on Lloyd Pierce, but I'm like, that's the guy who he's going he's gonna to be coaching. So I don't know what you want. <laughs> not like Brad Stevens is showing okay. up. Okay, that's an excellent point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a bad sign. I'm putting Trey Young on another team already. Um, That's an excellent point. What I'll say is... They didn't put everything in there. They yeah, I was, I'll, I'll say that their influence on him, I think, was probably minimal. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think it's minimal for all these players. Yeah. I don't think any of these staffs are have any... have like, oh, because he was on this staff, now he's much better. I think whoever this guy was before he came to Summer League is who you're seeing. Yeah. Um, When I say he needs better coaching, I want to see him with coaching. I, really, I mean, I want to see him... Day to day. Training camp, studying film... They're teaching him, okay, how do we want to attack this team? And we saw him get better. Right. Even and, we, that yeah, and we've seen him with, uh, with you would assume, more of those things we're talking about get better. Not be as crazy with his shot selection. Right. Like, to me, he, and to be fair, like, Jason wrote this tweet, I think, after, like, the second, like second game, maybe. Like, this was, like, one of the the beginning when he was just god-awful. So that's is what he was saying. And, I, mean, I mean, at the time, remember what I was saying. I yeah, was, you were saying, yeah, you were saying you were completely out. I, like, I, I still was, I still was saying that I can't do that yet. And even if he was still terrible, I still would say I can't do that yet. Because the guy still has, uh, to me, what is an elite skill is that his shooting is an elite skill. The way he goes about it diminishes it, I think, because he takes so many bad shots. But when he takes good shots, there's very few guys on the planet who shoot better than him. So that's an elite skill. I agree his passing is very good. Um... So and and he's and he's got a great handle. So yeah. you, I mean, he's not like a, every point guard needs those things. But like, if you got those things, I you, I can't say you have bust qualities because a guy who shoots like him, I can't say has a bust quality. A guy who passes like him, I can't say has a bust quality. It's really how he approaches the game that needs to change. But I think that's coachable. He seems like a coachable kid. I'm just I, next year could be bad, man. It's going to be rough. They're going to be the worst team in the league. I am on your side that they should not get rid of Schroeder. They got to keep Schroeder, man. I don't want to see this kid thrown to the wolves. Every night, this kid's going to have to guard Dame Lillard, then the next night, John Wall. I mean, look at in his division. This is just a generic NBA division. I don't don't know if there's anything special about the Southwest division. He's going to have to go up against John Wall, Kemba Walker, Goran Dragic. He's better than whoever the point guard in Orlando next year. It's the only team. I mean, Shelvin Mack. Who is going to be the point guard? DJ Augustine. Well, they just traded for Jerry Grant. Those are the point guards last year, once Alfred Payton was gone. So he's better than anybody in Orlando. But Orlando is literally the only team without a point guard right now. So he he gets away with that. Someone's like Orlando is purposely trying to sabotage themselves. They're like, yo, we can make the playoffs with this roster. Let's just not get a point guard. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) We we can't make the playoffs next year. They they were about to sign Isaiah Thomas, and then they started watching them in the summer. They were like, yo, we might make the playoffs. Like, nah, we ain't doing that. (laughs) What? All right, IT, now we're going to get Jaron Grant. Um, So, yeah, like, literally every other team in the league has a good point guard besides Orlando. He's going to have to guard all those guys. And good luck guarding John Wall with Trey Young. Dennis Schroeder can do the job. He can come off the bench. Trey Young can maybe play starters minutes at times. He can play 30 minutes a night and still come off the bench and still play with Dennis Schroeder. I think both those guys, you're not guarding anybody, but offensively could help each other. Yeah, and I think that we underestimate sometimes how important it is to bring a guy along slowly. The the incentive is like yo, just throw Trey Young out there and let him be box office. But it's like you gotta make what makes basketball sense. And 
could he start in the NBA next year? Yeah. On a good team. I think even be. on a bad I mean even on a bad team, they're gonna suck anyway, so he could start. But yeah, again, it's not like my thing is he's he, I don't think he's gonna be exposed in the sense that he can't play. Like he, he can play, it's just he, he's gonna be set up to fail if you throw him out there that early. To me. Like if you throw him out there with that Atlanta roster, that wouldn't make any sense. It's gonna look worse than what Dennis Smith looked like last year. And Dennis Absolutely. Smith was one of the worst players in the league last year from like, you know, analytic stuff. Like right. He was, a, he was an awful... Yeah, the efficiency numbers the that Trey Young put up next year, if they just throw him out there to the Wolves, would not look good. Like, he's going to look like Josh Jackson in Phoenix, Dennis Smith last year. Like, the guys... Like, Jason Tatum was very good, but I, Jason Tatum was also in a great situation. So it's going to be hard to look bad playing next to four real NBA players like that with, with the best coach in the league. Um, all the guys that have been with the Celtics the last three, four years have looked good because... They've gone to a good situation with a good coach. Both guys, including Trey Young, don't go into that situation. He's going to be in for a rough time with no help. I mean, this guy's going to be – I mean, the guys he was playing with in the summer league are going to be Our the guys – Basically, the guys he's going to be John playing John Collins going to be their best player next year. He was playing with him in the summer yeah, league. Yeah, John Collins looked good, but he's not going to get any help outside of John Collins. I mean, Ken Bazemore, they're trying to ship out of town. You know, Torian Prince is the only guy that wasn't out there. <laughs> I mean, that's your Why coverage. was he out there? Yeah, I don't know. He wasn't he a rookie last. No, last year was the second year. Yeah, but he ain't better yeah, than John third Collins. Year, I don't need. I don't need a third year. He's not better than John Collins. Why was John Collins out there then? Nah, he's better than John Collins. Torian Prince is better than Torian John Collins. Prince, man, he's a sneaky league pass guy. You watch him on the night. He'll score no, I know. 30. I know he can play. Torian I don't think Prince he's better than John scroll. Collins. Well, I mean, long term, he's not. I'm talking about now. Last year, he was better than John Collins. Yeah, look at look at Torian Prince's stats. I, I guarantee you, it was like thirteen points a game, fourteen points. John Collins was good. He was like nine, ten points a game, but he wasn't like spectacular. You just project that John Collins was going to be good at some point. Maybe I'm over. Yeah, hey, he had fourteen points a game. I mean, those are good numbers. At forty two percent of the field, I mean, he shot he shot a lot of threes though. Like so. like Prince. I mean, he's not doing that on any good team. Like on a good team, like on the Celtics, he's like their tenth man, but. On the Hawks, he's like their leading scorer. Um, Top on ten and seven. So it's not that far off. No, it's not that they're far off. But Prince is like he's the other good player on the on the Hawks, you know, with John Collins. So, and then Schroeder. But if Schroeder's not there, it's just Trey Young. So that's a mess. Uh, Hoops reference says Mo Bamba and Jonathan Isaac anchoring Orlando's defense for the next ten years is going to be scary. Overreaction or fair, Kendall? I would say that's fair, EJ. Um, I was not super worried about that because I wasn't sure about Jonathan Isaac. But Jonathan Isaac, EJ, looks like you might have been right on the kid. He's he was hurt all last year, so we didn't I knew really next get, year. I knew last year was going to be a wash. I yeah, so we happen. didn't we didn't get fair evaluation of Jonathan Isaac, but he's really turned it around. Uh, and Mo Bamba's already been an impact defensively. So, I mean, Orlando looks like a team that's built like they might be able to make the playoffs next year just off of defense. I don't know who's scoring for that team. Aaron Gordon might average 20-something points. But, like, defensively, they're going to be so lethal. It just It's it's a shame they got rid of Old Depot when they did, man. I know. He'd be, he's oh the God. perfect guy. They would be the Pacers. Yeah, basically. Well, they'd be <laughs> they better would, than the Pacers. They would be the, yeah, they'd no. be the Pacers with, like, elite defensive guys yeah. around uh, Oladipo that he doesn't have. Imagine the defense 
I mean, Oladipo was already one of the best. All for half ever. a year, Ibaka. Oh man, that was one of the low key one of the worst trades of like the decade. Hannigan is low key one of the worst GMs ever. Yeah, you've been killing the guy, man. He's off. Yo, he. I, I thought Rob Hannigan. He's had one like, of the worst GMs ever. Yeah, he lost that job quick too. <laughs> they need, they need to save the franchise. They need to get rid of him quick. They didn't get rid of him quick enough. Yeah, his draft picks, his trades. The one draft he got right, he traded the dude like his second year. Yeah, forgot a rental. I mean, Hennigan was. I mean, he was as bad as I've seen. Well, David Kahn's as bad as you've seen. I don't. I can't say he was worse than David Kahn. If David Kahn literally drafted two point guards, it's not named <laughs> Steph Curry. That was crazy. In the same draft. That was bad. Um, and among other stupid things. But. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Yeah, that, that was like one. It wasn't like, oh, there was like, that was it. He yeah. did a lot of other terrible things. <laughs> he gave Al Jefferson the full max and only gave Kevin Love three yeah. years. And yeah, and, yeah, and kept that three years because he felt, oh, yeah, but I want to give Rick, because I want to be able to get Ricky Rubio Real, a the max. Year. You know, I know I can't get both of them four years, so I'm going to leave that spot for you. How disrespectful, man. <laughs> Rubio hadn't even played for you. Or I think he played one year of like, all right. And you're like, oh, no, nah, this guy, this is our, our super max. Ironically, guy. he gave the two guys who had torn ACLs the full max contracts. Yeah. And, and the, guy who, the guy who was healthy, he, he, he wanted to get him. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a team friendly contract. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the minute. Uh, I might man. take that back. I, I think Khan is still the worst I've seen. Hey, I mean, you're a Knicks fan, man. I know. I know. You reminded me of. The dark age. Well, I can't even call it the dark ages anymore. It's, it's just, just the ages. It's just what we are. <laughs> Nick's it's, it's the Nick age. Are. There is no more dark ages with us. It's just it's the Dolan age. Yeah, yeah, really. The, the age of Dolan. You know, the, like the age of Ultron. This <laughs> is the age of Dolan. It's just how long it lasts is how it lasts. I can't say. I didn't realize it's like a dark period. It's I didn't like, realize no, this that, is that what that it is James until Dolan's, he's gone. Probably. I didn't realize that James Dolan's brothers or his brother owns the Cleveland Indians. You just broke news to me. Yeah. Charles Dolan. Oh, I, is his brother or his cousin? It might be his cousin, actually. I think oh, okay. his dad used to run the Knicks. And then of he course. gave it to his son. He bought the Knicks. And <laughs> yeah. Bought the Knicks and gave it to his son. And then um, his dad's brother bought the Cleveland Indians, and now his son runs Cleveland. Well, he's doing a great job there. Yeah, so his cousin... James Dolan's cousin runs so the those family trees, those family <laughs> Thanksgiving. The, the, yeah, while. I'm sure those are. Yeah, well, the how the Indians do it. Oh, we were in the World Series. Yeah, the, the franchise running genetics is going to be passed on to Jimmy for us. Um, yeah, he's probably a better musician than his, than his cousin. Yeah, probably. Or is he, or is he just trying? Uh, I, I give I give James Dolan that he's probably a better musician. I don't think James Dolan like people always get on for that. From what I've heard, he doesn't sound that bad. He, he, he respects his uh, his art. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 I mean, to me, like to to be like for anyone to get on stage and like do anything, like there's some you gotta have some respect, and to yeah, be yeah. and to not be like Roseanne singing the national anthem. I think that I gotta say that he's not. I I give him respect for it. Right. So I don't know why people get on for that. Of all the things they complain about, that's like the one thing I never <laughs> understood. I'm like. He likes well, music and he's not no, terrible. I, no, I mean, I, 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 I don't like like him like performing shows like the day before a draft and not. Why? Well, maybe you do. Maybe if you're a Knicks fan, you're like, yeah, keep him away from the the war room. I don't really care. Like, I don't, again, I don't get that whole thing. I want my owner in the war room. 
then the question, like you said, is do you really want James yeah, Dolan yeah. making decisions so, in the draft yeah, for him? That's the that's the question. Especially, I mean, I mean Phil Jackson around. Yeah, I want him to keep an eye on that guy, ideally. But, yeah, look, Phil Jackson may have, he may have saved us from Phil Jackson's lunacy. Who would Phil Jackson have drafted this year, EJ? If you still good question, and uh, never that never number, broke. What was the number? Number what were you, number nine. Number nine. Would he, he have might dra- have drafted Kevin Knox. You think he would have drafted Kevin Knox? He might have. He, he might also have. might have drafted Michael Porter. Interesting. He might have. I think he, I could have seen him taking that risk. Yeah, he's, he's taking plenty of risks. Um, I don't think he would have drafted Shea only because he already had Frank and he likes Frank. I don't disagree. I know I disagree. I think Shea would have been in the in play. He didn't like he. I think the way he views guards is just weird. Yo, he cares. I just think he feels like he, they're interchangeable. Right, right. It's not that it's bad. It's just it's not how most teams think of them. I think he wouldn't think of Frank being and, and Shea having an issue. I think he'd see two six six guys and I could play them together. He did it for ten years. Right. If you were high on Shea, he would have been willing to draft him. Right. Um, I think Knox would have been very high on his board. So I, I actually would think, I, and the more I think about it, I think he would have drafted Kevin Knox. I think he would look at him as a guy who could play in the high post, who moves well with the ball. I, I think that would have been yeah, the That's true. Yeah. He fits. He, if I'm looking at who could have played in the triangle in Phil's mind, I think Knox of the guys that are available made the most and sense. Was there anybody ahead of them that maybe he would have felt, oh, I'm going to trade out for this guy that he would have loved? No. Uh, maybe Carter. Maybe Carter. Or Doncic, possibly. I don't think he's trading up for Doncic. Not as high as he would have to go, just three. I don't think he's trading up for Doncic. Yeah, possibly. He would have to give it the farm fan. I don't think he would have done that. Um, only Carter is the only guy I could see he could have traded Carter, yeah, I think he would have liked. He would have loved Wendell Carter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he would have liked Wendell yeah. Carter. How do you feel about Isaac Obama, though, EJ? Oh, this was the original conversation. Um, is this an overreaction? Again, I'll read the statement since people might have forgot. Obama uh, and Isaac anchoring Orlando's defense for the next 10 years is going to be scary. The, that is fair. Because um, he's a reference who did the tweet. They stuck at the defense. I can't say what. I yeah, mean, I can't win, say the combination. I can't say how many wins they're going to get. I can't say. Uh, well, I mean, I've been probably caping for these guys as hard as anyone. <laughs> anyone that's not like affiliated with the Magic, like both of these players, and, and it had nothing to do with them getting drafted by them. I just really like them coming out of the draft. But uh, but no, I, I would say that I agree. The one thing I would also add though is there's a, there's a little bit of similarities of how Hennigan was running the team. That's a little worrisome. Yeah, just bringing in a whole bunch of defense, yeah, athletes just athletes. That. But the difference is, I think these guys actually can play, and they have skill. They just need development. So that's true, but their defense, I mean, Isaac's defense already is just incredible. Um, and Bamba, we've seen his defense already, is incredible. So defensively, yeah, Orlando's going to be very tough with those guys are on the floor at the same time. I think that's why they brought in Jaron Grant as well. I think they felt bringing side at the point. Isaiah Thomas just negates any defensive advantage that you have. Yeah. Grant can, guard Grant. His, Grant can guard his position. He adds size to the position. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, him with Gordon, you I can mean, cover they have up. a really long team. You can cover up Isaiah Thomas's at the Celtics, no. He's not a great defender. You can cover up his deficiencies well. But 
I think at the end of the day, he'll still be a Magic. I think. IT. Yeah, I think they're stalling. There's some talk. You may want to go back to Boston. I heard. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with IT. But I think that the Magic thing is still not dead. If, I mean, I want the Celtics to bring back Isaiah Thomas. I just don't know what role he plays if Smart's back. He Smart won't be back if they bring back Isaiah Thomas. I, yeah, I don't see. I think we trade him at, at that point. Maybe do a signing trade. Um, but wouldn't that be full circle, man? I don't know, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know if he'd even be happier with that. I mean, I guess he he, he, he would have signed the contract, so I guess he would have to be somewhat. Well, he okay wouldn't be it. content with you know be playing for the middle level exception. You know? No, or seeing the city that once was chanting his name and now he's like the backup. Yeah, <laughs> that getting traded for Kyrie and then that'll being be his backup. Jeez, that'd be like when Jer- whenever Jeremy Lin eventually comes back to the Knicks because that's gonna happen. Those Apparently, somebody's trying to get him. OKC trying to get Jeremy. Trying Lin. to trade Melo for OK for for Jeremy Lin. And then they're going to cut Melo, who we'll talk about in a while. Oh, wow. I didn't know any of that stuff. Maybe we'll talk about that when we get to Melo. Um, <laughs> but it's Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin's in the expiring contract, too, though, right? Next year, yeah. Do they think Jeremy Lin can play? Or, or Okay, see, yeah, they want to they want to get something back for Melo, so they feel like we can bring It looked Jeremy like Lin was going to have a good year, year last year. He came in with some confidence. And he played well the year before when he played. It's just he's become extremely injury-prone. Yeah. And that man, and I don't know, I... I mean, I guess it, that that movie better than just cutting him for n- nothing. I guess, and I love Jeremy Lin, but well, OKC's trying to. Liz, trying to I mean, that the injury. I mean, the it was a patella. I mean, that's that could be career ending. Yeah, patella tear. That's yeah. scary to deal with. So I, I mean, maybe they want to go with the risk, but I don't know. I would, I would, I would buy beware with Jeremy Lin. Interesting. Um. We got two more <laughs> for people who may be tired of the summer league thing. We're gonna we are, but then we'll move on to other stuff. Uh, Scout Stephen Barnard tweeted: Shea Gillis Alexander is undeniably the best point guard in this draft. Overreaction, Kendall, or fair? One hundred percent fair, EJ. I don't think that this was crazy before the draft. I mean, I wouldn't have said it. I probably would have leaned Trey Young, but Trey Young, I also would have said had the most bust potential. And everything bad about Trey Young has come out, uh, uh, which is why I'm off on Trey Young. But Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's he's another guy that had sort of a high range, and everything that's good that could go right for Shea Gilgis Alexander has gone right. He's the questions with him were how is his jump shot going to translate because he has shoots a kind of a set shot, and can he get his shot off in the NBA level and that's not been a problem. He's been able to hit jump shots at the same rate as he did in Kentucky, which was a high rate. Um, and how would he do against? How would he do as a limited athlete against better athletes, playing the point guard position? And he has been no adjustment for him. He's been just as comfortable playing the point guard position in the NBA as he was in college. So all that considered, plus he still has all the same strengths that he had at Kentucky. So all that considered, he's looks like. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's the Donovan Mitchell of this draft. Like, we'll Whoa, be looking next big, year. Dude, that's a big, that's we'll a that's a fair overreaction statement we we'll, should do we'll, on the show right here. We'll, we'll be looking next year and saying, like, wow, how'd this guy, how did, like, 12, you know, 10 teams pass on this guy? I mean, I, I've always loved this kid. So I've been, from the beginning, I was like, this guy is the player to watch in this draft. 
Um, so I don't think I think this is fair based on what we've seen. It's a little closer than you think. I, I was kind of like undeniably is kind of that's a strong wordage because I think he's better than Colin. Trey has played a lot better recently, so that's kind of oh he's better than that guy. But I agree. This guy's six six. I agree. He's got size. No weaknesses. This is, yeah, there's nothing really I can no look at pick at his game and say oh this is something obvious. I mean maybe you say is he a more of a lead guard than a point guard, maybe. But in this NBA, that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I don't, it yeah, really I don't doesn't care. matter whether you're a real true point guard. James Harden was playing point. Yeah, <laughs> you know if that guy's a point guard, then. So I can't really pick anything out of his game. I mean, I I can't. I don't want to say anything, I can't say anything bad about him because I've always liked him. So I think people are getting hip to why this guy was underrated. Um, it, you know, that says something really. It, he made a comparison that is. I think is great and they're not the same and they're very different, but their impact and their approach to the game, I think is the same, which is why I like the comparison. He compared them to Sam Cassell. And I think that's appropriate because Cassell is a totally different player because, but he had similar like concerns. Okay. He's kind of slow. Uh, does he get a shot off against NBA athletes? Um, does he do anything great? These are all kind of the same things you kind of heard about Shea Gilders Alexander. But you know what else you heard about him? Supremely confident, clutch, big shot maker, um, always under control, leads the team. Those are also things you heard about Sam Cassell. And Cassell was able to, all those other things you worried about in terms of whether or not he was too slow, whether or not he could play at his pace and dominate, it didn't matter. He still ended up being a great NBA player. Shea, I feel like, is the same. Not a different. Shea is a lot taller. Um... I don't think Shea shoots as well as Sam, but uh, Shea probably gets to the rim better than Sam Cassell did. But there there are some similarities in the way Dad mentioned that. I thought that that was uh, a good comparison, and I love Sam Cassell. So two guys I think they are really good. Being compared to each other, I always be for that. So, no, Shea is great. And and I, I, when we talked about the draft a couple weeks ago, when we talked about who could be rookie of the year, and I mentioned Shea, you kind of were like, ooh, really? I was like, yeah, I think he could be in that class. And I think we were talking to know why. He's going to get the ball. I think he's got a coach that's going to let him play. So that could lead to a lot of good stats. Jerry I mean, West got an, another complete steal, man. I know. Jordan, I was a Miles Bridges guy, man. That might have been a blow. Jordan just completely swung and missed on that one. I don't know. Kemba's not coming back next year. Yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah, and it, do you really want him to come back next year? Do I want to pay that guy hundred? Yeah, you're gonna have to pay him the full max. For that team, it doesn't make sense. I'm not saying Kemba doesn't Help deserve a, a lot of money. He does, but for them, it doesn't make sense to him to 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 just strap your cap up with him and <laughs> you can't be, uh, and you can't put anything next to him. It'd be a 35 win team. It does. Fun. It would be dumb. And and you had perfect guy to, to one. He could play with him this year because of his size. Yeah. So he could have immediately impacted the game. And then he could have been Kemba's replacement. I don't. I, I'll never understand. I think they liked him. I team. think that's why they drafted him. Like we'll draft him, hold him hostage, and if they don't want him, we'll have him. And <laughs> they was like, all right, let's get an extra pick or whatever they got, so we can save some cap room, so we can. Well, get under, as I always, they can get under the. the as I tax. always say, with all these trades where a team trades down, I gotta see what happens. Now the Tatum thing, Philly lost because they they gave up an extra pick to get Marco Fultz, but like with Trey Young. With Miles Bridges, look, those guys look like they're worse than the guy they were drafted, they were traded for. But at the same time, 
let's see. Because maybe that extra pick, whatever it was that they got back for Shady Gills Alexander, that might end up being the number five pick. Might be the 20 pick. Yeah. But that guy might end up being an all-star. Yeah, exactly. I always look, the, way, the, the trade that always reminds me of that is the Marcus All Pau Gasol trade. We always kill the Grizzlies saying it's one of the worst trades in NBA history. And look, it screwed a lot of teams in the West, and me as a Celtic fan do not like that Lakers <laughs> pal the soul trade. It screwed us over of winning probably one or two championships. But as a Grizzlies fan, there are a lot of people saying after the whole boogie thing, why didn't you know Adam Silver come in and step in and stop the boogie cousin signing? A lot of people saying why didn't Adam Sil- uh, D- uh, David Stern stop the pal the soul trade? Yeah, I'm like. They, that was a great trade for the Grizzlies. That's a, yeah, they got a franchise sign. They would much rather have Marcus Gasol than Pau Gasol. Pau was going to leave. He didn't want to be there. He was yeah. older, didn't fit the team's timeline. Because Marcus Gasol gave him 10 years of really high-level, elite center basketball play. So that's why I always say we don't know. I mean, at the time, for three, four years, it was a terrible trade until Marcus Gasol was in his prime. It was like, oh, actually, this trade actually worked out. So I'll see what happens with that unprotected or protected pick that they got for Shea Gilles Alexander. Last one here. It's not actually a tweet, but it's a, it's a statement during the broadcast. Uh, Fran Frasilla talking about Nick's second-round pick, Mitchell Robinson. His ceiling is Anthony Davis, and his floor is Hassan Whiteside. Overreaction or fair? Uh, that's tough, man. I'm, I'm going to have to say that's, that's an overreaction. That's, that's tough for you? That's tough. Why is that tough for you? Well, I mean, no, nah, it's not tough. Nah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would say, like, is it impossible for Mitchell Robinson's ceiling to be Anthony Davis? Close to only because I think, I don't think they're the same type of player. I think the only similarities between them are that they're skinny and they block shots coming <laughs> out. But Anthony Davis, offensively, and they catch lobs, but offensively is, is just... Even coming out, I'm talking about Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. You know, on the Davis. same stage. Just totally different players. Andy Davis had a jump shot, handles, elite basketball IQ for his elite feel for the game at his size, elite coordination. I mean, just stuff that you couldn't teach yeah. anybody. I mean, stuff that Aiton and Bagley and Bomba and Carter, all the guys would dream of having some of the Anthony Davis had. So I can't go that far. Um, but is it possible that Mitch Robinson could become an all-star center? Not impossible. It's certainly possible. Uh, I mean, could he become one of the five best centers in the league, one of the three best centers in the league? It's certainly possible. I mean, Hassan Whiteside, I love Hassan Whiteside coming out of college. Uh, you know, I, at the time, I thought I was wrong because he was out of the league real quick. I was like, man, I hitched my, I was, I was all on the Hassan Whiteside is going to be a great player, and he was out of the league. But then he came back, and he ended up being a good player, so I feel good about that one. But... Like, he, that guy was a second-round pick. You know, Mitchell Robinson reminds me very similar profile to Hassan Whiteside coming out. Hassan Whiteside, Conference USA guy. Mitchell Robinson, Conference USA guy. Even though he didn't play Western Kentucky. Uh, shot-blocking artist. Freshman. Same profile. You know, character concerns, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's where... I see the white side comparison, but that you can't call that a basement because white side's too good of a player. I always look at a basement and I say, what's the guy now? If you have a comparison for Mitch Robinson now, that makes sense. It'd be like JaVale McGee. Like, can he be JaVale McGee next year? Possibly. And that would not shock me because JaVale McGee, like, 
isn't that great of a player. So if Mitchell Robinson or can he be JaVale McGee in two, three years? <laughs> Spurring JaVale McGee for the show. Can, can he be JaVale McGee in two or three years? I would be surprised if he were not from everything he's shown. If he's a competent NBA player, it's probably what he'll be. Best case scenario, he becomes Hassan Whiteside, which is a max center in the league, which if the Knicks get that, that would be spectacular in the second round. Uh, I'm going to say what I said before the show. This is beyond being on overreaction. This is just flat out insane. <laughs> this is insanity to me. Uh, look, Mr. Robinson looks incredible. I'm really excited for his potential future as a New York Knick. Uh, they got him signed for four years. That was a great move by Mills and Perry. Um, the guy is a great athlete. He's shown to have potential elite shot blocking which is really scary because we already got an elite shot blocker in Porzingis when he comes back. Uh, athleticism's through the roof. He can jump through the roof. Um, but Anthony Davis, come on now. I mean, you're saying the guy's ceiling is that he's a Hall of Famer because Anthony Davis, if he was retired today, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. So, come on. I, I, I can't say that. And the thing about Anthony Davis is, real quick, what makes Anthony Davis special than almost any other big man, especially the centers that we have in the league. And they don't even play the same position. Like, he is a power forward. Right. Robinson will never play power forward. He no. He have the skills. No. And I don't think we'll ever develop those skills. But what makes Davis special is he doesn't need a point guard at all to be effective. Exactly. Because he's so skilled. Like, he can be his own point guard. He can get his own shots. Mitchell Robinson needs somebody to get him the ball. Yeah. He can't create his own shot. I can't imagine five years from now, Mitchell Robinson will be able to create his own shot. Like, very few centers can, but and that's not an indictment on Mitch Robinson. Like no, Capella, I, the guy could be really Clint great. Capella, yeah. the one hundred million dollars center, will be in a couple of weeks, and he needs Chris Paul to be effective. Exactly, that's no indictment on Clint Capella. That's where I say closer to those guys, the White Sides, the Jordans, the Capellas, than he is to Anthony Davis. And if he's any of those guys, the Knicks hit a absolute grand slam. Like right. it's not. I'm not dissing him by saying I, it's crazy to think that his ceiling is Anthony Davis. But you're right. I look at his game and. They're not very similar. The potential of someone like Anthony Davis, you need to have, I think, much more ball skills. No post game. No real, like, besides dunks, no real other game around the basket. Um, His offense is just still very rudimentary. It's just dunks and lobs, which is great. He's great at them. He can jump through the roof, but Anthony Davis showed he could do way more than that at this same stage. So when you're saying... His ceiling, he projects to do something like that. It will suggest that he would gain way more skills than he has, which is possible. But to be Anthony Davis, that's that's a lot of skills he's gonna have to learn very quickly. So I can't buy that. And then I think the the, the floor makes it worse because it's like saying the worst he's gonna be is a borderline All Star center, which is I also can't buy that. If he was, if he's worse than Hassan Whiteside, that's not. I wouldn't say he's a bust. Like to me to say that is just that if he doesn't reach that level that he somehow didn't maximize his potential or that he missed expectations. And that's crazy. He's a second-round pick. If he is a decent NBA player, he would have far surpassed my expectations. Yeah. And anyone's expectations. The Knicks got a player who can play 15, 20 minutes. That's an amazing pick in the second round. Let yeah. alone what we think he can do, which we I agree. I think he can be a DeAndre Jordan type of guy. I really do. Like I like Sammy Ojale. Good pick in the second round for the Celtics. I mean, that guy would, that guy's never going to be an all-star. Yeah, you ain't saying he's the next Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, that guy's never going to be an all-star. You know, 
if or even a borderline all star. I'd be happy if he were just a starter. I'd be happy if he was Jay Crowder. I'd be a like, great job. Like, I mean, saying that he's the next Hassan Whiteside is an extreme compliment. Considering you drafted in the second round. But I'm really happy the Knicks got this kid. His numbers have been great. They're like comparable to a lot of these great these big men that were drafted in, in the shame, top ten. Man. It's crazy how he fell so far. I, I'm not ready to say that I would. Well, I don't know. I did say I don't know if I said it on last week's show or if I just told you, but I, I was saying that if if I Zelks had another shot, I don't know if I would draft my guy Robert Williams. But yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if I would trade Rob Williams for Mitch Robinson. He even played in the summer league. He played like two minutes, got hurt, <laughs> got knee problems. That that's Robert, why, that's that why Robert Williams felt. pick is is uh, well, starting to look more and more. The story today, like it's starting to make sense why he yeah I know. he almost fell out the first round. First misses his introductory press conference. He oversleeps. Then what do you what do you do? They missed his summer league practice. He missed a he missed a flight to his Well yeah, yeah. They flew out of town, went, tried to get back into Boston, missed a flight, and so he missed his first summer league practice. Terrible start. And now apparently I'll read a story today, another another Bob Williams special. He he's lost his he's lost his wallet twice since he's been drafted. He's like, how did that even happen? One time he left it uh at his at his hotel and the Celtics had to go retrieve it for him. And the second time uh, he went back to College Station, and I think it was the same time, and tried to go back to Boston, and then he realized, oh, I don't got my wallet. Tried to call oh up DJ God. Hogue, who was his teammate at yeah. know, A&M, and this guy was like, yo, I-, I can't send it to you overnight. Like, that's going to cost bad money. Like, I don't know what to do. And so I'm like, yo, this is this guy is like, got like a kid. Yeah, I really it's hope. like a 13, 14-year-old kid out here. I really hope Robert Williams figures it out. Apparently, the, the team... Like is bringing over like his high school coach and like yeah he clearly needs like a, a real Asians support bring system. Philadelphia's bringing people over. Uh, yeah, I mean it's very like we all didn't know why he fell in the draft. We all know now. It's very this, there's no the teams don't. Even, that's it's funny because you don't even hear like teams explaining themselves anymore. They like, don't have to. Like no one's got to. Usually, even these guys, these things happen. The teams then put out their smear campaign yeah. statements. So oh, we and really they like didn't it. say a thing. They just let that guy fall and then just said, you'll see in a second. Yeah. And we've seen it all. I bet you, like, there was there was an aura of, like, wow, like, the Celtics, how they get away with highway robbery getting Robert Williams at 27. I bet you around the league, teams were probably laughing. Like, they oh, don't even know. Probably, what they, they just swallowed a grenade. Yeah, exactly. They don't know what <laughs> they they're They thought was a nice piece of fruit or something. <laughs> Yeah. I look. I, I remember how excited I was. I was like, yeah, I mean, everyone. I was. I was upset as a Knicks fan. I'm like, oh, here we go. Celtics <laughs> get the guy who should be One a of the top best 15 big, pick. Yeah. Fell all the way to the bottom of the first round, and then hey, again, maybe things have worked out in the ways, or how things have certainly changed, or as Michael Scott once famously said, oh, how the turntables have. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this has been a fun show so far. Okay, uh, quickly, Kendall uh, Mello. Where, we you just mentioned him before. Where is he? Yeah, he, he's he's not gonna be on Thunder next year. They've agreed to part ways. Were, they, was that one of your bold predictions, DJ? That he would no way he would be on the team next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been that. saying that for I mean, a while. I mean, that may not that bold, but I think you may have been like 100% no way he'll be a thunder. Yeah, I knew there was no way he was coming I back. think you said that at one point. And you were like, he's going to, you kept saying he's going to opt in. I'm like, they're going to cut him. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> he's not coming back. I was like, I don't, you can't cut him. <laughs> I told you, they were not like, bringing him back. I was like, you can't cut him, though. I mean, I knew even before this, but as soon as he started talking about how I'm not sacrificing no 
bench <laughs> on, on the roll. I was like, well, if there's any clue or any doubt now, <laughs> that's put to rest. They're going to give him the heck out of there as funny. as they could. Uh, I was listening to Bill Simmons <laughs> losing his podcast on The Ringer. Uh, you know, I was listening to the to the competition EJ and see what we have to, see what oh, we yeah. have to measure up to. <laughs> If, if, if the ringer is Duke, then what are we like, Elon? We're UNBC, man. We're coming. <laughs> okay, all right. I we're respect coming, that. <laughs> but regardless, and they were talking about the the Paul George documentary thing that he had. And they were talking. They were laughing about the the fact that you know uh, Sam Presti shouted out you know uh, Tribe Called Quest saying you know scared money don't make none. If that was a dope line. And they were laughing. They were like, this guy of all guys, the guy who traded James Harden. To save like four, four or five million dollars on the luxury uh, tax, maybe it's, he learned. It's saying scary money don't make none. Nah, but maybe he learned. Maybe he learned, but it's like, oh, come on, man. I, I can't I, be the one to say that. I'm gonna give Sam Presti a pass one because that's a dope line. When he said it, I was like, respect. Two, he could have learned. He could have realized, oh, I should have listened to Car- Traffic Core Quest, and I'm not gonna make that same mistake. I'm gonna give him a pass on that because I roasted him for making that trade immediately. Right. So I, I that was crazy when he did it, but I think he probably learned, which is why he's moved the way he's moved. Actually, yeah, I mean bringing back he's Raven moved Felton. way more aggressively. I think they, than they he, than ever since then I about not caring about money and stuff. I read somewhere that they cost themselves like whoa something like I want to say three hundred million dollars something like that re-signing Raven Felton. Like yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, like a crazy number. It may not have been three hundred. Maybe like it's a lot of money. Like any more money they add to their salary, like, like extra tax. That tax, yo, the owners put a freaking poison pill into that. Oh yeah, CBA, the Warriors, man. The Joe Lacob's gonna be paying. Like he's gonna be paying like a billion soon if he keeps yeah. doing the way he's doing. Like it's crazy how they made that CBA. But I mean, I mean, it's fair. I'm not gonna complain. I, I'm not complaining either. I'm just saying, like when I saw what happened with Melo. Opted in, like it cost him a hundred million dollars. Yeah, he opted in for his thirty million dollar contract, and then it added another hundred million to yeah. that thirty that he already signed for. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, the crazy it's crazy how that worked out. That guy that you have still goes against your salary tax like, like that, and it shows. It doesn't that, seem fair to me. It shows you that they're trying to win is. by bringing in Raymond Felton or bringing back Raymond Felton for like whatever little he's making and have it cost him. Do you think oh, that Clay Bennett, that is the owner, right? Yeah, Clay Bennett. Do you think he told them after the Harden thing, and they we realized it was a money thing, he told them after Harden became who he is now, like, don't ever do something because you think I'm not going to want to pay it? I think that was a mandate in the Westbrook contract. What do you mean by it? Explain. Not a mandate. I don't think it was contractually obligated, but like I think, like, You think Westbrook, Westbrook told them? I think spend? Westbrook said, like, I'll resign with you guys long term, but I need an assurance that you guys are going to be trying to... Like, so you think it has nothing to do with what happened with Harden? Oh, it may have been... I mean, in terms of the owner. I think Durant leaving is what I'm saying. Okay. Like, I think Durant leaving was like the, man, we need to keep Westbrook. That means we got to do whatever it takes to keep these guys hmm. here, keep talent. Um, the Paul George thing, I mean, we talked about it before, but being able to keep him. And that's a huge deal. It's massive, yeah. I, I mean, they I'm lost Durant, the and it looked bad. I, I was putting it out. I, if, that was a great if trade. Paul George would have left, they should have traded Russell Westbrook. Yeah. That that seemed to me the only logical explanation. It would have been a fun a logical second move. timeline. That would have been a crazy Earth 2. Yeah, that Earth 2 timeline would have been crazy. Who's going after him? I mean, wow. 
I mean, he'd yeah. be a Laker right now, probably. Yeah, he would be. It'd be Brody and LeBron. Oh, well, Paul George would probably be a Laker. But if Paul George went to the oh, Sixers. Yeah. See, then, you always mess it up yeah, with man. these little caveats, man. Yeah, man. You did it earlier before the show with something else, too. Yeah, with Mitchell. Mitchell and Knox being on the Knicks. Now that'd be, that's impossible. Because if the Knicks drafted Mitchell, they'd be yeah, too Don good to get Mitchell, Kevin Knox. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the same can, thing. Yeah, you come in. With if Lakers want to get Westbrook, they probably in, entail them I've also having Paul George. Ruining all the fun with sound logic. Yeah, exactly. Show. Uh, this is not a good segue <laughs> to this. Uh, we were, all we all day we were trying to figure out how to segue into this very serious topic, and I don't think we found one. Um, do you have anything to say on Melo beyond what we've said before I get into this terrible segue? <laughs> okay. Because um, we didn't go that much into it. Other no, than, Mello, I'm not surprised that he'll be a rocket. That should be he'll fun. be a rocket. I don't. I, I I think that'll be good for both parties. So. Why do we think he's? Why is he entertaining this Heat thing? And why the Heat entertaining him? Well, D Wade and the Heat have no. It's just him. He's better. just trying to chill. Yeah, I mean it's Miami first of all, and you cool with D Wade and be the it just the old banana boat crew in Miami. That, that fit just first of all. I, that's, I'm I mean, gonna say something. better than James Johnson. This is a really bad sidebar. But I'm gonna go into it anyway. Melo should not be included in the banana boat crew. He never was on a banana boat. I thought he was. He never was. That was the, Bosch? The, the picture? No, the picture is is Gabriel Union. I saw the picture this week, so it reminded me. I don't know why I saw it, but someone. Because why do people include Melo but don't include Bosch? Here's why they include Melo, not Bosch. I, I, from what I remember, I think Melo was supposed to go, but like him and Lyle were supposed to go, but they didn't go for some reason. And I think he even tweeted about how like he couldn't go or something. Or yeah. they, there was some kind of communication that made it clear that he was supposed to be there and he weren't. Him and his wife. I don't That's know strange. if it was a four forty four, you know, love is everything deal where if him and Lyle, I don't know what the deal was, but they didn't. They weren't there. They were supposed to be on the vacation, and for some reason they couldn't go, or maybe they. I don't know what the situation was. All I know is that was the point so that Melo was like the fourth member, but he never actually was on the banana boat. And I don't think you could just attach a banana boat to a man and say that he's a banana boat crew member if he wasn't on a banana boat. That's my feeling on it. Anyway, that was a really random sad bar. But I just have to say that because people always link him to the banana boat. I'm like, he never was on a banana boat. There's no pictures of Melo on the banana boat. You'll never see one because he was never there. Back to my original point. Um... Yeah, the Miami thing just seems weird because it's like I don't see a fit on that team. Spolster really wants him apparently. He and that's weird. He doesn't they, seem like a Spolster guy. Talent. They need talent, man. They, they want to compete. I mean, the East isn't that. Hard. I don't. Mel was a Hall of Famer. I'm not gonna try to be disrespectful on the show, but I can't just say that adding Melo means your talent profile has improved tremendously from what I saw last year. Dude, they were playing Kelly Olynyk and. James Johnson. I'm going to repeat what I – not to be disrespectful to a Hall of Famer and one of my favorite Justin players of Winslow. all time. I can't say adding Melo based on what I saw last year improves your talent profile. They didn't have a whole unless lot of offensive – Unless you're the Kings or, like, one of the worst teams. They didn't have a whole lot of offensive players, man. That team was, like, all, all – right. We'll see in Houston. All right. He'll be in Houston. <laughs> I was right about him last year. We had the same conversation yeah, about him, and I was right. Yeah, so man, I'm, watch Melo. We're going to see Hoodie Melo. I'm not trying to – Hoodie Melo, Olympic Melo. He's coming out now. Trust now, me. now he's he's coming out. Yeah, trust me. So regardless of whether he's on the Heat or the Rockets. Oh no, I don't know about all that. I'm saying he's gonna be a Rocket. Okay, so on the Rockets, he's gonna be Hoodie Mellow. Yeah, man. Well, Hoodie Mellow is like a '98 on 2K. I mean, USA Mellow, you know, Olympic Mellow. I don't really. I think the Heat, the Rockets is weird too, because 
Melo. I think he's I, perfect for the Rockets. Offensively, at least. I'll tell you why I don't think he is. Oh, I well, think Thomas signed with the Nuggets. Okay. One, wow. What was it? Two million dollars. Oh, that's a bargain. <laughs> good deal for the Nuggets, man. That's a good deal for the Nuggets. Nuggets going to make the playoffs next year. I mean, their defense is... Uh, it's going to get gonna, worse. Gonna <laughs> it's already really bad. Maybe that's why it's on. They were like, it can't get worse, so let's get some more firepower. They must have offered him a starting spot. Who's he starting over? Yeah, you know where he starting. Yeah, over. he ain't starting on that team. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're right. He's just going to come off the bench, be the little guy that comes in and scores. They just got another little scorer. Yeah. That's what they do. Uh, that should be interesting. Hopefully Isaiah can turn that two million into something good next year. Yeah, him and uh, Michael Porter could bond over their hip injuries. I know, right? Uh, let's hope not. Let's hope that Isaiah's on the court and oh, he'll be on the court and playing. Let's and hope healthy. Michael Porter's on the court. I definitely uh, hope Michael Porter's on the court. But what are you the Rockets fit is weird to me still though, because I get I'll I'll rock with you that Melo is more talented than Ariza, and definitely Umba. Uh, uh, Umba Mute. And Tucker. And Tucker. Yeah. I, I rock with you all that. He's better than those guys in terms of talent. But Melo doesn't do any of the things that those guys brought to the table well. And they don't they haven't replaced any of that stuff. Those guys were very good def- I mean Tucker is Tucker still on the team? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so he's there. But I mean Umba Mute and Ariza are not on the team anymore. Yeah. Those guys play very good defense. They're gritty. They're tough. They're low maintenance. Um, they they they're ready for their spot up threes, especially Ariza, whose turns are a very good spot up three point shooter. Um, they don't need a lot of touches. They're efficient. Besides, tough and gritty, maybe none of those other things describe Melo. He's not bringing you any defense. He's not low maintenance. He doesn't. He's not efficient. They need those. Like the, like they they need those attributes. It's not like oh we lost that, but we just got a guy who can score like that. They don't. They still need guys who can do those things. They still Remember, need a guy who's gonna be comfortable in getting only a few shots. Who can hit spot up threes. These guys are gonna be defend your Kevin Durant of the world, your Kawhi Leonard's of the world. Now your Lebron's of the world. They still need that guy. And he's not on the roster. Melo doesn't improve any of that. Now, maybe Melo in the playoffs is a, is a myth because Melo being good in the playoffs is a myth. We just watched how him bad in the he, he was against Utah. Yeah, but I feel like I mean you can't be worse than some what some of those other guys. I mean you can't be worse than literally can't be worse than what Ariza was in Game Seven against the Warriors. And I feel like Melo. Give you another threat, a guy that's not dead weight out there, offensively, in those tight games. That like I almost I need feel somebody to take pressure off of Paul right. and Harden and Gordon when they're out on the court, or maybe even when they're with the court. I guess my or question is: Is Melo good enough to where he can be that? I still that's the, that's where we disagree. I think he is. You don't think he is? I, we saw him play all. It's not like he didn't play all this year. We saw him play. I've seen them play. But for, I also think Billy Donovan I them play is every, not a good coach. Almost every game in the last five years before he was traded this year. If playing with Chris Paul, playing like playing Westbrook, that, that is not conducive to Melo being a good player. Uh, I buy that. I think playing with Chris Paul, who's his boy, it'll make him look good. 
and Harden. Chris Paul Harden factor. Chris Paul factor is, is is good. It's fair. I don't Chris know. Paul I don't think Harden. I don't think Harden's gonna. Chris be Paul good. made Ariza and Umba Mute and Gerald Green look good. But I mean, Brad Stevens. But to be fair, Ariza's been good for a while. It was the reason before he was in Houston. He was, but he played good in Houston yeah, the year yeah, before. Yeah, he was good before that. Fair enough. They were a very good team like, before. Like Mute, the yeah, yeah, he turned. Yeah, Jay Tucker, and some of that's D'Antoni Capella. too. You got to put some down D'Antoni as well. His system, the way he coaches, got yeah. Those turned marginal those guys. players always play well offensively. Yeah, he's turned those guys into. He finds a skill that they can do, and he maximizes it offensively. Or fill skills we didn't know they had. Can he do that for Mel? Well, Mel he played for well Tony before. It didn't work that well. Oh yeah, but this is a different. Yeah, this is a different guy. I don't know. Um, if Mel goes to the Heat, it wouldn't shock me. Because I, 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 because that whole thing about not sacrifices and stuff. I don't think that was Mel playing chess. Like there's, I think there's this like idea that maybe. Because I, I come back to that, and I say he's going to have to do all those things if he goes to the Rockets. He may not have to lose his starting spot, but the sacrificing, not getting ISO ball, all that stuff, he still would have to do. He may get, more, like, the Rockets like to isolate, so he may get more isolations, but it it's going to be, it's still not, it's still going to be so few, because so much of the offense still goes through Harden, that I don't think he'd still be happy. He he just be getting he be getting the same amount of touches and shots he was in Oklahoma City. I, I mean, It'd just I, be maybe more of the shots he likes. I think last year was a wake up call. I don't think we're gonna hear Melo complaining about shots and stuff. He complained about it last year until the the season was over. Yeah, and so I don't think we'll we'll hear about that stuff. So. All right, we'll see. Playing with know. Chris Paul, he's gonna be happy. Uh, back to the terrible segue. Um, there is no segue to this horrible story, so I'm just gonna get into it. Uh. Sean McCoy is, is wrapped up in some pretty uh, potentially explosive stuff. Um, if you've not seen the images of his ex-girlfriend after she was uh, assaulted and robbed in her home, they are very graphic, so I warn you of that. Um, there were posts on social media from her friends, one suggesting that it was Sean McCoy who did it. That seems to most likely be not true based on what we're now hearing moving forward. Uh, another friend, though, made it clear that uh, LaShawn set her up to be robbed. And it seems like the woman now is saying that she feels like that's probably what has happened. And that uh, LaShawn was trying to get her out of the house that he was, I guess, she was living in. And that she had jewelry of his that he was she was refusing to give back to him. And that, in her eyes, she was then targeted in a robbery in which she was uh, brutally assaulted. If you can see the pictures, they're pretty tough to watch and robbed. So, Dylan Kendall, LaShawn Shady McCoy, you know from your pit days, he denies uh, denies the allegations. Uh, What do you make of this story? Uh, I mean, when you look at Shady McCoy, I mean, if this stuff turns out to be he's guilty of what he's being accused of. I mean, it's going to be tough for him to be playing for any team. I mean, this this is... Is this career ending, rice. potentially? If 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 we if they link that he set up this robbery, is, that his, is his career over? In the same way that Ray Rice's career is over. 
Shit. Like, he'll be blackballed. Like, he's not like, I don't know if he'll go to, I mean, he might go to jail. But I don't know if, like. I mean, I'm talking about his career. Like, like, football. I can't see any team signing him. Just, uh, it's just terrible. It's a bad look. It'll be a bad look. Regardless of what the, regardless of how the legal system plays out. Um, I do think that if they can't find a real connection to LeSean McCoy, I think he's a good enough player to where the, the league will find a way to. I was just about Keep to ask him that. In the league. Even if there is an assumption that, like, oh, he might have done it, people will, I don't know if people will, but the league will look the other One way. team will look the other yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Least. All it takes is one. Um, may not be the Bills. Bills may cut them. I was going to ask you that because Shady is still very good. He's better yeah. than Rice was when Rice Way better than Rice was, was. black. Same, around the same age. the issue was. Same age, so you think he should be. De- he is declining, though. Not the same player he was. This was shady five years ago, and it's he's linked to these things, and they find out there's it's very there's much, enough evidence that he's linked to, and that he was involved in some way. Is is his career over? Through five years ago, this is a real like I, watershed moment for the NFL, probably. Or well, I don't know what are you gonna say. I shouldn't. Well, that's not where I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna say this is a real like conversation of like teams are gonna weigh risk management at that point of like. What what's worst case scenario? Can we find a way to get him on the field? Teams are gonna be trying to figure out a way to get him on the field, and if it's possible, very sad. which is probably not a good way of thinking about it. But like, if but shady now, no way teams are even worried about that. The shady we have today, they're willing to sacrifice. Yeah, because he's he's too old. The thousand yards he'll give you. With, it's only gonna like be one or two years. Carry. Even if he's solid this year, it's not gonna last for more yeah. than one or two more years. So. It, no, he doesn't have a future in the league if this is found true. Um, I agree, unfortunately, that uh, if this is Philly McCoy, he finds a job somehow, which is sad. Greg Hardy found a job, man. Yeah. Quick. And Greg Hardy was not even that good. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, we keep it well, at 100. He, well, he was good his last year. He was good. I mean, he wasn't as good as Shady, I'm saying. Right, right. Shady. In his prime, was a top ten player, maybe. I'm trying to remember. I mean, Greg Hardy was trash when he came back, but I remember no, Greg I know. Hardy being a really good player. I mean, he was. Uh, maybe I'm. I, I need to pull the Greg Hardy stats. Maybe. I, maybe I, I'm. I'm underselling. I could be underselling. I remember Greg Hardy being like one of the best pass rushers in the league for like a year. But he, that's kind of. But that's kind of my point. Is that I think that like it was. He may have had like one good year. Well, yeah, pass rushers are like that though. We'll have one good yeah, year. Yeah, and then like that was kind of it. Like that's why I can't say he was as good as Shady, because Shady was for years great in Philly. Whereas Greg Hardy, I feel like maybe had like one or two good years. At one point, Greg Hardy was ranked fifty third on the NFL top one hundred list. Yeah, he had fifteen sacks in one year. That's a lot. Yeah, it was the same year that he was ranked fifty third. That's very good. And that's around where I think McCoy this year. I, let me check where I think he was in. He was I think in, he was around. He was in that range too. I mean, uh, Hardy really only had two good years, which is what we said. Those two years in 2012, 2013, he had a combined twenty six sacks. So, I mean, that's really good. I, you can make the case that he was as good a defensive lineman. Yeah, McCoy was thirty this year. I mean, thirty. I mean, he was a top thirty. Yeah, in the league. but you can make. I think that's old. I think that's inflated. I thought that was inflated. When I read it, I was like, <laughs> "You could definitely make the case that Hardy was as good a pass rusher as Shady was a running back in their primes." 
I wouldn't. Young, oh, I wouldn't yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't say it. But if someone made that case. I think that that was that's arguable. Um, and then you. The problem though was, was he had he had a well no that was it because then he had only played one game next year so that's when he was suspended so yeah so he hasn't he's been nothing since yeah he's been a bum since yeah he's yeah he's, exactly. he's been a bum for sure yeah um so on off, on off. yeah he's been an MMA fighter yeah he's a, he, <laughs> yeah he's trash on all, all levels so with uh so with Shady I sincerely hope that was five years ago wow I know it's time. I feel like he was on the Cowboys like two years ago. Yeah, that felt like oh, that could have been like because that thing was so crazy that like I still remember. It's still like it still was surreal that like every game went by, he was still on the roster. It was like yo, Jerry Jones just does not care. (laughs) This is wild, man. Like took the four game suspension and was like. Nah, he's we you know he's gonna help us win. I I can't. And he didn't really. No, he didn't do a damn thing for that team. Uh, the shady stuff. Is is horrible. I sincerely, well, first of all, I'm terrible for this woman that this happened to her, regardless of how it or why it happened. Um, and I hope that she can recover from this. This that's had to be a pretty traumatic incident. Um, in terms of Shady's concern, I mean, I tend to agree. If if he set up this woman to get beat like that, I mean, he, I don't, I, I mean, to me, one one, he should be gone to to fill to. Fill that statement. Just not leave it out there. Two, even if they disrobbed her, I think that that would be enough to throw him out of the league for me. Like I don't like if you you're setting up criminal activity, like yeah, that, yeah. like, fra- like flagrantly. Like I, I think that yeah, you're done. You know, but certain things should be like, yeah, we don't need you around. I mean, that's crazy to set up a robbery. Yeah, like that's not normal behavior. That's psychotic behavior. I certainly hope he wasn't involved in this. Yeah, man. I mean, this, the guy has this... way too much ahead of himself potentially with what he's accomplished in his career to throw it away on something stupid like jewelry and some woman in a house or anyone in the house. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to make it a woman thing. I'm just saying someone's in your house that you were involved with and they have jewelry and your plan to get them out was to rob them with some goons. I mean, come on. That's that's. Insane on a level that I can't even comprehend. I don't know. I mean, the NFL's got a they're in a, they're in a tough spot right now. You know, we'll talk about James Winston. James Winston's like the bottom of the barrel of their problems right now in terms of like off the field conduct. Because you look at, I mean, everything that happened with Darren Sharper, that was like. Way after, I mean, he was on NFL Network, so that's still connected to NFL, the NFL. But like, that was that was a bad sign. I mean, it's I mean, Kellen, Aaron Win- Kellen Winslow stuff is bad too. Yeah, Kellen Winslow is literally just as bad as Darren Sharper. Yeah, and those are two former star players in the NFL. Um, Aaron Hernandez is obviously like the worst case scenario. Yeah, he's um, there, Chris Benoit. Unfortunately, yeah, basically. If you're a wrestling fan. Um, God, I've never heard that comparison, but he is. Yeah, that's exactly what he is, and. When I look at, like, LaShawn McCoy, what we found out about Brandon Browner this week, it's becoming, a mentioned Kellen Winslow, the stuff that's... I mean, this guy, Kellen Winslow, was, I mean, it was a household name in our in our house. Everyone knew who Kellen Winslow was. Yeah. You know, was, playing at Miami. His father's a Hall of Fame. Yeah, father's a Hall of Fame tight end. Yeah. Guy played at Miami when Miami was... The he was a Pro Bowl player football. in the NFL. The Pro Bowl player. I mean, everyone knows who Kellen Winslow is. And now the guy's going to be... Spend life in prison. Like... That, and it's 
within the sad part is that it's not even like and nobody cares because it's like normal. It's like, oh, I know, yeah. It's like, that oh, story is not, not getting nearly as much. It, it, uh, we're, we look at it and we're like, like, oh, well, I mean, he didn't kill anybody like Aaron <laughs> Hernandez. Yeah. You know, he's not dead yet. He didn't kill himself. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. Yeah, the NFL is. Like, this is Sean McCoy thing. I think I, I jumped the gun, or jumped the shark, so to speak. Now, is my point is that the NFL is definitely at its watershed moment right now. It really is, man. Um, Cause this kind of feels this stuff like feels normal now, and it kind of feels how it felt before Goodell got the job, when like dudes was just getting arrested like crazy. Right, right. <laughs> it was like Pac-Man Jones getting arrested like every day. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> like in you know like R.I.P. Uh, Chris Henry, but he had yeah, his issues guy. too. There were a lot of guys um, at that time that were just that just could not stay out of trouble with the law. And it didn't seem like any, it seemed like these guys really were troubled. It wasn't like the system was like a Meek Mill situation. It seemed like these guys were getting themselves in these terrible situations. So I think more, I, more has to be I wonder pressure. if that means that just like at that point when Tag Lee was said, all right, I need to tap out of this because this is getting a little too hot. The block too hot for me right now. Maybe it's time for the NBA Gidell doesn't have these problems. Something else. NBA doesn't have these problems. Obviously, I think I'll be 100%. I think the brain stuff does have to do with it. I think some of these guys may be a little more wired to do crazier stuff. But the the brains, they've always been having these brain issues for what we know now. And, like, NHL players also take hits to the head, and they don't do crazy stuff. So that's also... Yeah, but there's less players in the NHL, so that's a little different. Well, the ratio is going to be the other. that's the other argument, is that... Yeah, Patrick Kane running around. Well, that was the hell he was doing. Yeah. He was wilding, too. That was also bad. But, like, you have, like, NBA players that don't do anything, but then you say, well, there's so many less NBA players, so I can't go off of that. But then, I mean, I look at the NHL, but even, I mean, I don't follow the NHL's players like the NFL, and it's sure. not reported as much, but I don't get the sense that guys are killing people and, you no, know. No, like, <laughs> never heard any of that like, before. You know, serious fel- felonies and, like, I-, I haven't heard that kind of stuff. I mean, Patrick Kane was, was really, I mean, he was a star player that was in some mess, but beyond that, it's very rare. So beyond the whole brain injury stuff, I also think part of this has to do with the teams have to take a responsibility to for watching over these guys better. I don't know how you do it. The league has to, or the league has to put more responsibility on the teams for keeping their players in check. Now you can't babysit these yeah. guys. These guys are adults; they're grown men. But at the same time, this stuff, this shouldn't have happened, and yeah. this wouldn't have happened in the NBA. Very rarely. I, I would hope not. The it's crazy hard to, thing I mean, hard, we've seen. Harder to think that this would happen in any. Crazy thing league. we saw in the league in the last like. Two years it was like Matt Barnes fighting Derek Fisher. Oh, I was gonna say the Gilbert Arenas gun thing. Well, yeah, that was yeah, that was a wild, and that was a long time ago. Yeah, and you know, that was like those were two unstable. Uh, remember Plasco Burris? Plasco Burris literally shot himself in the foot and was in jail, and that was like a huge story. Yeah, for Matt. That's like kids play now. Yeah, and Gilbert Arenas was like just daring guy though. I might shoot you. Like I mean, that was crazy in the NBA speak, but in the NFL that wouldn't be a story. You'd be like, oh, just no chill Gil playing around, but we'll keep him on the field. Just suspend him one game, maybe. Stuff's crazy, man. Uh, yeah, NFL. Yeah, we're 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 in the, the block of the show where we're having a lot of negative NFL news. So yeah, brace yourselves, tough, man. Um, the Hall of Fame this week, or not this week, but this summer, uh, they'll be doing their annual ceremony. Oh, he's one of the best in sports. 
Yes, the NFL, the Pro sports. Football Hall of Fame ceremony is light years ahead of anything else. I can listen to old dudes talk about their times playing football forever, and the way they talk about it, the way they uh, are able to verbalize the feeling of being on a team, that camaraderie, that that pain, all the they just, it's just something different. It's so great. Um, they have a class this year. It includes Terrell Owens, but he has declined to participate i don't think we've really gotten a great sense of why i don't think he's really explained himself that well other than saying that he wants to be around the people and the people that love that he loved and helped him well come up the why is obviously like he felt he was disrespected i know that but he hasn't said that. he hasn't said that but that, that's the apparent reason from a distance i just don't want to just I don't. I you just don't want to throw that on him because I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, that's the only. Well, that's thing, what appears. To that's be the, the only thing that seems. To, I can't even say it makes sense because I don't think any of this makes sense. But that seems to be the only thing that could possibly be why he's doing this, or maybe he just really. I, re- he could really just be like, "Yo, I want to be with my people." I don't know, like the guys who don't want to go to the, the NBA odds draft. Of that, I would say. Draft. I would say there's like, it's eighty five percent. He feels disrespected. Fifteen percent. He would have done this regardless. Of if he was first ballot, um, I can see. That. Which yeah, he's saying I don't buy. I don't buy that. Right. Now, is it impossible? No, it's not impossible. Right. I mean, so the NFL Hall of Fame or Pro Football Hall of Fame. I keep having to fix myself there. Uh, they have now uh responded in a way by now saying that okay, they responded to Teal's pettiness with some more, some pettiness, more pettiness. Uh, by saying okay, well you won't be here. Well, we're just gonna ignore you. So during that weekend. There will be no commemorative mention of the fact that Terrell Owens is part of this class. Who's a, who's more of the loser, EJ? Um, by loser, I don't mean like loser. I mean like you know pathetic. Right. Yeah. Who like yeah? Who looks <laughs> who's stupider or worse? Yeah. Who looks worse in this? In this, uh, uh, they both look bad. Who's this more is petty? really stupid. Um, I'm still gonna say To. I th- I don't know. And I'm not, I don't mean, I'm not, I've never been one to do that, like, hates on T.O. I know there's, like, a faction of people who do that. I've never been part of that group. So, I don't mean, I'm not hating on him now, I don't think. I'm sure if he listened, he maybe would think I'm hating on him. But I just, I don't think that when he looks back on this 20, 30 years from now, I just think that he's going to regret that he's doing this. I think he's very much in his emotions and feelings. The, I think the, again, I'm now, I'm now, the professional me is saying, I can't just say that this is why he's doing it. Now, the personal me, I feel like he's doing it because he feels he should have been there a long time ago. He feels like they've been uh, treating him as a red-headed stepchild, whatever you ha- whatever, whatever you want to have. So he's like, well, I'm not going to go to your party now that you finally invited me. I get like that whole attitude and that whole mindset of wanting to, be, wanting to prove people wrong is what made him great. So it's in character, and, for, and I can't. I can only be so mad at him because I think that it's who he is. I just feel like there's something so special about being in that. At least I've never been in, but people say that there's something special about being in that hollowed group of the greats of the greats, and you wearing that jacket, being being on that stage, and next to you, and unveiling that bus with whoever, whether it's your wife who does the speech before or. Your, your coach, coach your or like, there's just something about that whole ceremony that is iconic, and the idea that 
he, he we'll never get that. Just, we're never gonna. Ha- I mean, I'm not gonna say that. I think there's a chance we will still have that moment this year. No, it won't be this year. But they they, they will, may bring him back at some point to do the thing he should have done that makes years sense. ago. Yeah, possibly. Uh, I actually think there's a better chance that will happen than it won't. But for now, I think he's gonna look back on this for years and be like, "This was cool, but." I'm looking up. I see Randy Moss on ESPN. I see who who else is in this class? Brian Urlacher. Brian Urlacher. Oh, I mean, these guys are my I mean, peers. They were also the best players in the league. Like it's 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 weird that like those guys are those are like the like, goats of this one era. Thing, it'd be one thing and if Tio you know, was you don't like, want to be associated with that. Like yeah. that's weird. It'd be one thing if Tio was in a class with like Calvin Johnson and you know like. He was in a class. He was in a class where he was obviously the, the main Johnson. attraction, where it was no one else that really people. Well, were not, draw. E- not even necessarily that, but also like guys that were just like way not in his class. Right. Whereas I see like, that. like these guys aren't my peers. I, I might like you know Andre Reed was like not in the Hall of Fame for mad long, and it was like he was going in with like guys that played in like the late nineties, right? 2000s. Yeah. Like, why is Andre Reed getting in with these guys? You know? Yeah. Like. But Tio's getting in with the guy that he was also that he was playing like his right, age yeah. group. <laughs> it's, like, like it's like in rap when we say like these are the god MCs, like these are like the god football players of that era. Right. And he's one of them. Without you know? question. And besides Brady and Manning. Yeah. It's those four or five guys. Like Manning and, will be in and Brady and Manning whenever they kept next playing year or well the year beyond after these guys retired. Manning will be in quick. Like now those guys were first ballot, you know, like Randy Moss and these guys, like these guys just got in. Yeah. But like T.O. Like I'm selfish in that I would love to have seen T.O.'s speech. I think it could have been yeah, amazing. Honestly, we talk about who's the loser. I think it could have been a fans. great moment. But but I don't want to make it about myself. That's why I wanted to make it about him. I, I feel I really do feel like he he's feels great him. about what he's doing right now. And he may feel great about it next year and the year after that and maybe three years after that. I just think when we go way further into the future and like no one shows up to this thing besides just People who he knows in Chattanooga and some maybe a couple of teammates, some media, some media people, and that thing is just like not not the par- not the party that the Hall of Fame party is gonna be. He's gonna look back on that years later and be like, "I took an L on that. It's just why my pride just went." Like I, I didn't like it when he said he wasn't gonna show up because it felt like a middle finger to the people that voted you in. And then I also didn't like... He, but I don't really agree with that because he isn't old him anything. He was a great player. They should have put him in. That's fair. But And then I also was going to say, I don't. I didn't like... After that, there was like an unnamed Hall of Fame voter that said, I wish I had my vote back. I wouldn't have voted him. That's that also... That shows you the, the, the mindset of these guys. So it's been a completely petty back and forth between both sides. And I think that this was a move by the Hall of Fame to say... Screw Terrell Owens. He doesn't want to bow down to us. We're not gonna acknowledge him. That's also very petty. They could have been the better. They could have been the bigger man in this and say, you know what? He's not here, but he deserves to be. They mentioned. should have put up a video montage showing how great this guy was. Let the people have a standing ovation. And then Tio would have looked like a fool. Yeah, he was awful if they did that. It would have been like, look at this clown. Not they're commemorating him. They everybody's and, so happy he's in. He's still, he's still he's crying not here. in the corner talking about. Yeah, yeah. they don't. They didn't bring. They didn't put me in two years ago. Now it's like, look, both of you guys hate each other. This is just very stupid. But he he's warranted in that clearly these people don't like him. 
But the one thing about they the Hall of Fame, put in. And, and we talk about speeches and them being authentic, like, this is an authentic way for T.O. to get in. We talk about his career, who he was. You can't say this is... You know how many crazy guys we've had? Like abnormal. This is what he's been. This is, like, beyond that. Like we've had so many crazy guys get inducted into the Hall of Fame, and it's a normal process. Yeah, but uh, T.O. Randy Moss was... I mean, Randy T- Moss was T.O. crazy, T.O. Randy Moss a, had a personality. I think T.O.'s a, a, a notch above everyone that's gotten in. And, well, that's that's I, I would say that's hyperbole. This, I can't say everyone that's gotten in. Everyone, there's been some crazy dudes that have gotten into the Hall of Fame. I'm talking about diva. Is, is Lala Dis- Zeta in disruption? There? I don't know if Lala Zeta was in there, but that, Lala that Zeta dude, wasn't a disruption. Well, he's not a disruption. Or that diva. Dude was, that dude was. He was just crazy. Yeah, he was crazy. But he but he was made it Charles to practice. Like, but I he like I he, heard Charles Haley was kind of like crazy. he played, but like he played for the Raiders. It wasn't like he was like suspended for. Doing right, sit-ups right. in his driveway. I mean, Lawrence Taylor is also yeah, kind of crazy. Lawrence Taylor was wild. Lawrence Taylor was wild. But I, I can't say... I, I still would put T.O. in terms of, like, he went in as I mean, he T- played. T.O. did, it in, the, he did it in the, the establishment of the media era. You know, like, ESPN was a thing. It was a bigger thing when he was playing. And, it, and then he blew up because of that. I just don't know if... There are guys in the 70s that were also crazy. I, and also, guy that got I just snubbed the worst. Great players, Hall of Fame players that like attack quarterbacks, coaches, media members, disrupted locker rooms, like all those things. I I, I can't say there's a guy who has, yeah. was more of a force in that way. I mean, not in our generation. Owens, yeah. who's in the Hall of Fame. There are exactly. guys who have been that way, but that are in the Hall of Fame. I can't say there's someone like that. So I'm gonna stand by what I said. I I I don't like this whole to like. I got snubbed for two years, so I'm going to call the controversy and start a fit or have a fit when there have been guys that have been snubbed for, like, 20 years that finally got in that, like, are gracious about it. It's just his added. It's, it's, it's who he is. Now, should T.O. Should have been in the first ballot? Probably. Absolutely. But, like, who cares? I mean... I you agree. I'm always later, saying. I was saying the first. It's ballot. no different. Well, I think that anyone who it should be one ballot. Anyone who votes for someone on a second ballot or a third ballot should lose their vote. That's insane. Like the whole first ballot, second ballot thing is insane to me. In special cases, there are maybe facts change. You learn this guy played in an error where he was cheated somehow. Like baseball is making it a little weird now. But <laughs> but in any other honestly in any other sport if you vote for a guy that on you know, a second ballot you should be you should lose your vote. There's nothing has changed about his stats. The game hasn't changed. The fact that you could just say oh I just now nah, I'm gonna put him in. He he waited his time. That's insane. So that's I that's my scorching hot take on Hall of Fames. Uh, we are running out of time here. <laughs> we already had two hours. Uh, do we even want to touch this Winston? Snell stuff, or do you want to just go right to Kendall's court? Oh, we can go into Winston. Uh, Randy Moss is working out with Winston. He, of course, he's going to the Hall of Fame. He says Winston. Winston, knows, Winston is not going to the Hall of Fame anytime soon. Uh, hopefully, no. Let's hope that he can just get his career back on track. Uh, Randy Moss says that he's been working out with him. He says that he sees good things from him, and that he knows that he uh, messed up, and that uh, and that he's hoping he's that he's, he's, he's doing the right thing. Yeah. That he's he's gonna learn from it. Is there any reason to believe what Randy Moss is saying? Not that I don't think that Jameis is giving him that act, but that 
Jameis is ready to do all of those things. Uh, I, I think that Jameis, Jameis to me looks like one of those people who will keep doing dumb stuff until it really, really hurts. Maybe that's not where I was, that's really not where I was going, to. but I don't necessarily disagree. Because he's done seen, dumb stuff and he, he's gotten away with it. Right. Jameis seems to be one of those people, though, from what I've seen. I think – I'm trying to pick my words carefully here. Here's what I'll say about Jameis. I think he's one of those people where he's smart. He knows – I think he does know when he puts himself in bad situations after he's in them. And I think he realized – I think he, if from that standpoint, he knows what to tell you and how to present himself afterwards to make you believe in him until he messes up again. Like, we all have that friend who can do that. Like, they get in a, a lot of trouble. Not, and we don't all have that friend. But we, we know people. We've seen that. <laughs> or we've seen people who are like all those people who, are like, who get in trouble all the time, who can't stay out. And you look at them and say, yo, they're smart. They got personality. They're talented. Like, why can't they get them their act together? But, like, when you talk to them and stuff, like, you see after they got in trouble, like, they've it looks like they've gotten themselves on the right track. And okay, I believe this guy because like he's telling me the right things. He's doing everything you would want to see someone do who messed up badly. Let's give him a second chance. And then they blow it. And then you know what they do? They beat get you again with their charm and the fact that they're a, a nice person and that they, they, they tell you they're doing the right things and then you get keep getting sucked into it. Seeing Jameis I've had we've we've all had the 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 we've been in a situation where we've gotten to see him now for years. And when I hear the way teams, coaches, people around him, people who know him, people who have met him, talk about him after he's had one of these situations, they all kind of say the same thing. It's that Jameis seems to understand he's doing the right things, he's maturing, and then he does something stupid again. I think he's one of those people that just will, knows how to, for lack of a better term, knows how to finesse his way into making you believe that he's not going to screw up again until he screws up again. Right. Some people are professionals at that. I think he's like one of those people. I feel like Winston, I mean, the three games that he's missing, I believe they're against very tough opponents for what I remember. So Tampa Bay is screwed in those first three games. But in terms of Tampa Bay believing in Winston long term, he's got one year, le- he's got one year left on the deal from what I remember because this year's free agency class was like, Teddy Bridge in terms of the quarterbacks is like Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, and Winston, I believe, was the year after Bridgewater. So him and Mariota are coming up. Mariota will be in Tennessee for a long time, I'd imagine. Tampa Bay's got to be thinking in their head, this might be time to reset with Winston, which is really sad because they drafted him number one. And I don't think Winston's been terrible. He hasn't developed the way I would have liked, but he hasn't been good enough to deal with this kind of nonsense, man. I mean, we had the eating the W thing, which was funny and embarrassing. This is like a hundred times worse than that. Um, and what's scary is that this is the. I mean, a lot of people, when he had the the issue at Florida State, we really didn't discuss it a whole lot when he was a prospect. It was kind of well, he got off on it. There's a weird, yeah. So you can't there's really, a, yeah. There's a. There's a line Culture that you, yeah. about talking about people who have been exonerated of crime. I don't know if it's even fair that he was exonerated. Like, they just dropped charges. You're right. And so, it wasn't even considered really... I mean, it was a red flag of, like, he's gotten himself in bad situations. 
Um, but it wasn't like there was real credibility questions about did he even do what they're saying he did. Right. So yeah. So it wasn't nobody was worried like oh Winston man. Now I'm not saying that he got himself in that situation again, but um, if you consider that to be a credible situation, or even just the 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 whole legal process that he went through had to go through, um, this is not shocking. You know, this is a second flare-up now. And uh, it's the second incident that he's been involved in, uh, allegedly involved in, that uh, Tampa Bay has to realize, like, it's becoming a trend. I feel like the only... I really do feel like the only reason he's on the roster is time. Like, I think it wasn't... Didn't, like, his money become guaranteed after a certain point? Like probably yeah, they might have an option or something. Yeah, well, like in terms of them them cutting him, like if oh, they didn't right. cut him by a certain time, I felt like you would have cut him at one point. If this happened, if like, this happened right after this before season. March, and like he got suspended before March, we would. I think there's a chance he would have been cut. Um, sounds like the Bucks are really really fed up with this situation, as I can imagine. Um, their cutter is not the coach anymore, I don't believe. Right? No, they didn't. No, nah, nah, he's there. Because they, they, they were going to fire him, and then Gruden didn't want to go Gruden, there. Gruden, yeah, Gruden didn't want the job. Yeah, their first makes three, you wonder, maybe Gruden knew something about Winston. He could have. I mean, he's closing that organization. He had a choice between Winston and Carr and chose Carr. I, I mean, at the time, I was kind of like, I'm surprised he didn't want to work with Jameis Winston. You know, Derek Carr's come off an injury, didn't look that great. Winston had problems, but the guy was number one pick in the draft. And... Yeah, but he's working he with ran Winston before. Car, hey, but he had $100 million <laughs> to run to also. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't going uh, to I don't know if the Bidwells were. The Bidwells are their owners, right? Um, The Glazers. Glazers, sorry. Oh, Bidwells are the Cardinals. Uh, I know the Glazers were giving them that. I don't think they were giving them that kind of bag. Uh, they, they don't lose these first three games of the season. Yeah, I'm saying. The Saints, like Eagles, golfer, right? and Steelers, yeah. they're losing all of them. Yeah. <laughs> they're going 0 for 3. So. In NFC, you, it's hard to go zero and three and make the playoffs. I mean, they have talent, but that's a really tough. And now Winston's not—he's yeah. coming out of nowhere. He's, then he's got to come in cold, basically, after not practicing, not being with the team. Now, and, I think their fourth game, if you have it, is like against like the Browns or somebody. It's against some team that's like terrible. Uh, the Chicago Bears. Yeah, yeah that's Chicago. A, that should be a win. Then they got the Falcons, winnable but not easy, and then the got, Cleveland. Then they got the Browns. So like two winnable games after that. But it might be over by then. They're two and four. They ain't making the playoffs. Yeah, basically. Which I think is what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's like probably best best case scenario with three and three. Yeah, and worst case scenario they might lose. Good all luck the games. trying to get a win against those three teams without James. So, I mean, the whole James thing. What I would do I, with the situation they're in, I I do think you have to let this play out. See how he plays this year. See how he responds. Pro- I sneakily would look at trading him at the trade deadline, which is a rare thing you rarely see. <laughs> Especially with quarterback. Yeah, it's crazy. But I think, I, I I'll, think that's I'll, I'm I here would, for a James to Winston do trade, some, to do something radical. One of these teams is going to be kind of whack or in a position to make a playoff like spot, Sam but they don't got a quarterback, or maybe someone gets hurt. I would say, yo, James, he's been playing, he's healthy, he's a franchise quarterback, and he's a rental. Yeah. Like in a situation where you have a guy, um, but he's hurt, you don't have to worry about what I do with Jameis next year. You just let him walk. But if you're trying to win a Super Bowl or you're trying to get to the playoffs, I bet you could probably get a decent 
pick for Jameis Winston midseason for a team well, that needs Garoppolo to make the playoffs. got you a second-round pick. Who? Garoppolo got you a second-round pick? Garoppolo didn't prove anything. Yeah, Jameis can give me a first-round pick for a team that's and desperate enough. Garoppolo probably was traded under value. Like, they, they dumped him because of the whole Brady's insecurity thing. So, <laughs> if Jameis but, comes up and plays well, and but they're out of the playoff yeah, he race. he you a first-round pick. He's getting you a first-round pick. Probably not from a terrible team because I don't think you can get in a top-10 pick. And you won't really have to worry about the off-the-field stuff because he's in season. So, like, that kind of stuff usually doesn't happen that much. I'll tell the you guys what. Get arrested look, I'm a Vikings fan. I would rather have James Winston long-term than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, if 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 I, if somehow that happens and Jameis is traded during the trade deadline, that might be the most scolding hot take I've ever had. Cause I don't think it. I don't think it's insane though. No one's that brought it up. Because uh, I think they will be two. Well, I think they will be zero and three, so they will be out of the playoff race. And by the time you get to what is it week ten is when they get a trade deadline. The playoff race is going to be very solidified in terms of who can make it and who can't. And they're going to be teams. Now, will it be a team like the 49ers that just needs a quarterback? Or will it be a team that, like, Philly or, like, Minnesota, where it's like, we don't have a quarterback because the guy's hurt? It could be either one of them. I don't know. I, they're I trying just, to win a Super Bowl. I just think that you can move him for a team that will take him. You're basically, what you're saying there are going to be teams that want quarterbacks. Yes. And one of those quarterback-hungry teams is going to. Because we see all the time that in the middle of the season, there's, like, a million teams who can make the playoffs. That's true. So, like. If Deshaun Watson gets hurt for some reason, could Houston be like, yo, Damn, we got sad, a year? Man. Or you put another injury on Deshaun Watson. I hope Watson. not. That kid's a stud, and he seems like a great kid. Hopefully it's a wrist not or something. Like Hopefully Swiss. it's nothing to do with his knees. Yeah. If it's, if it's not his knees and, and his shoulder, throwing shoulder, then I'm fine. But if it's, if it's, it could be a lot of scenarios. But I mean, Miami looks like they're going to be trash. But let's say Miami surprised people. And Tannehill got another knee injury, another injury Yeah, someone got hurt. I don't know. They're Tannehill always gets hurt, though. That's, Cutler, that's different right? than Watson. Tannehill is injury-prone. So if that well, happened, Watson's that wouldn't be surprising. Uh, well, he's had two major knee injuries. That's fair. It's just not, like, nagging stuff. It's just the uh, same. Kyle's, Kyle's football injuries is, is not canon. Yeah, I know, right? It's not yeah, canon. We're going by what I've seen from him so far. Uh, I think we got to wrap the show there. We're way over time here. Um, I will mention, shout-out to Ronaldo for signing his deal. Uh, with Juventus, he's gonna make sixty million dollars a year. So that's crazy. Uh, and non shout out to the to uh, AJ Hinch and the American League staff who, who did not put uh, Blake Snell in the All Star game. That is one of the most egregious things of all time. To the point where I am now uh, pretty much completely flipped that they need to amend the whole every team gets a guy thing. In the All Star game, that's the I only reason why. Say that's the only reason why he's not on the team. I thought you were going to say they have to amend the whole. The manager picks the team, which is also probably not good. That's trash too. I don't you like that either. Guy doing that. Well, he doesn't do the whole team, but he he has like just like it's, it's weird how they do it. But it's it, should, like, it should be a vote. It's like he has like ten players he can pick. It's like the whole league votes. And you got the fan votes, and then the last thing, guys, like he just picks guys. Yeah, it should be a vote. I don't, I don't care. It should be just like the NBA, where uh, uh, it could be the coaches. Well, media, especially since they took out the whole World Series thing, because at least before it was, it was some strategy. Right? Yeah, like maybe okay, this manager is trying to win, so maybe there is some strategy to what he wants to do to win the game. 
But if that's not a factor anymore, you should just put in the the guys who have played the best. There shouldn't right. be no subjective nature to it. So having one player, one guy, I agree with you on that. I can see that too. But I don't know if that's the issue here. But what's your problem with the best player? Because I always thought that that was fair to every team in the league. And that it made sense. I, I just feel... They can't do that in the NBA because it's not in many spots. I just feel like there's a, it's a technicality that is leaving too many great players off the All-Star team. Like you're how seeing did Blake more and more every year. By the American League starters are crazy this year. And because the Rays aren't that good and they had one guy and other teams need to get guy pitchers. Some of these teams, they had nobody until a pitcher gets on the team. Pitcher, yeah. He takes a spot from him. It's I like agree. everyone knows he's great, but he's Rays not as big a, a name as, as some of the other guys. Not as big a name as Severino, Kluber, Verlander. You know, you know the Garrett Cole, the usual suspects. So, and then you had your throwing, and guys. then these random guys who shouldn't be on the freaking All Star team. Teams, yeah. And Tampa, their guy got voted in as a starter, their catcher. Yeah, Wilson Ramos. So, it it was like a, 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 it was a perfect storm of a disaster that somehow let them off the team, but that should never happen because of something stupid like that. Yeah. Part of me feels like should they just add five more spots? <laughs> I hate doing that. There's man. a million guys on the team already, but that's because what we were, that's what we were saying about the NBA. But there's already a million guys on the team. Oh, two guys got snow. Just put two more you're spots. Putting, you're putting a guy from every single team on the All Star team. It doesn't matter anymore. Like like there's not a game. The All Star game. You can't play every player at that point. Look, I for one love the All Star game. I think that it's amazing, but it, it cheapens the game if you're just gonna put every single guy. Who's played on every team? New inning, sub, pinch it, pinch run. Like, no, uh, some guys just don't play. Then That's why another they, thing. Why they That's another thing. Why? No, because you want to recognize. My thing is, if you want, if, I think no. My thing is, if you really want to have every guy on, on the team, then fine. But I'm not gonna let guys who are great not make it because of something stupid like that. He has the best ERA in baseball, or at least in the American League. How does he not make the team? He has 12 wins. I agree that there is that's, no... That's egregious. That's like if a guy was averaging 30 points and didn't make the All-Star game. I, I, you would say that's crazy. I agree that in the NBA, no one complains that not every team has a representative in the All-Star no game. No one cares. And if it weren't like that in baseball, nobody would realize. Like, I don't think... Like, the, the if the, like last year, the Giants were awful. And if the Giants didn't have an All-Star, I wouldn't have cared. Trust me, the year when the Mets sent Armando Minty test to the All-Star game... I was embarrassed. All right. Armando Benitez? Armando Benitez made the All-Star game once. The at, Mets were trash. At the soul Mets. It should have been Jeremy Burnett's that season. Who cares? Who, like, wasn't even that great, but that's who it should have been. Or even Cliff Floyd. Cliff and, Floyd was nice. And, and, and so we all thought it was going to be one of those two guys. And then we were stunned when the pick was Armando Benitez because he blew like six saves <laughs> that half of the season. Right. He was trash. And... Like, I, I, as a Met fan who was on, who was rooting for a bad team, who loves the All Star game, really have no, no guys. I, I would have rather had nobody on the team than have Armando Benitez. But that stuff happens every year. Yeah. Like, why are we rewarding teams who are trash See, by putting guys? The, those guys shouldn't be on the All Star like, game. Look at like the the the, the, the NL All Star roster. Like the Reds have like three, four guys. They're the worst team in the league. And they're they're awful. So I mean, I mean, now now it's the NL, it's not the AL. But at the same time, it's just like. How did they get so many guys? 
But the best pitcher in the American League can't get on the team. Arguably the best pitcher in the American League. I mean, obviously there was an issue, and why he wasn't on the final vote, I'm not sure. That was a little See, weird. See, and now that's where the coaching thing, they got to get that out of there. Because that's a coaching thing. Why the hell would you not put I mean, the, final the guy vote, who's leading the league in the American League? You can't even, not even give him a shot to make the team. That's I mean, the crazy. final vote thing, that is like, all right, we'll make an extra spot for a guy that got snubbed. Like, that was their effort. And for the most part, he does a good job of at least giving these guys an opportunity. Really, the NBA, I think, should do that also. Although I feel like fan vote things sometimes you get, you know, all votes. It's like it's like can get messed. Yeah, up. it's like uh, it's I don't, I can't find the words. And we're doing this podcast late, but it's yeah, it's it's cheap. We don't know. Like it's hard. Like it's not really a the fan vote. I always feel like is it's not phony. a fair representation. It's phony. Yeah, it's not a representation of what fans really want. It's the people who care enough about voting. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a long year. That's not a representation of the fans. Yeah. The easiest representation is probably the media. Yeah. The closest thing you're going to get to like a, a consensus that's accurate. No agendas. Well, there are some agendas. As we talked about with the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Clearly some agendas going on. So, I don't know. I, I say this is, I think, one of my favorite shows we've done this year. Really? Yeah, I've had, I just had a lot of fun. I was really excited for it, and I think we delivered. So, good job to you. Good job to me. Uh, <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed this uh, edition of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. We'll be back next week with more sports talk. You can catch us every week on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow me on Twitter at, New Gen- at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at actually EJ. Follow us on Twitter at New Generation Pod and on Facebook at New Generation Media. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with more sports talk. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.